This episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast is brought to you by JList.com. JList.com has some new imported console games straight from Japan. They currently have Persona 5 The Royal, Azure Lane Crosswave, the Grisaya Trilogy, Clan Ad for the Switch, Killa Killa, and so much more. They're currently having their Black Friday sale until December 2nd. If you spend up to $100, you can get 10% off your order. Spend over $100, you can get 20% off. So head over to JList.com for all of your anime shopping needs and maybe pick up some Christmas presents for your loved ones. This episode is also brought to you by Bookwalker. Do you have a craving for manga or light novels? Head over to Bookwalker to check out their large selection of digital manga and light novels. They have some very well-known series such as Vinland Saga, Konosuba, Attack on Titan, and Domestic Girlfriend. They also offer a free book once a month, and you can use their coin reward program where every purchase gets you closer to receiving a free book. So go to global.bookwalker.jp and sign up. After creating a new account, use the promo code AAAPOD to get 600 yen off your first purchase. Now... Let's start the podcast. Actually, you, you can't really get Boruto unless you've seen the original. So we have to actually watch all hundred episodes. Yeah, of- exactly. That's what I'm, I'm like. I have never seen Naruto. Like I am one of I am a very strange weeb where like all of the very popular shonen shows I've never seen. Just I'm like, watch- I'm just watching now. Gintama now, guys. <laughs> to be fair, most people haven't seen Gintama, but. みんな、アニメアディクトアノニマスのライブブロードキャスト聞かないと泣いちゃうよ。You Welcome to episode 499 of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, where our dedication is to make your anime addiction worse. So, uh, hey, you only have two of us to deal with today. Welcome. Only two. Only two. Uh, Mitsuki is out. Enzo is currently very busy, so it's just me and Mason today. <laughs> I'm fine that we're not busy, but we just, we do it because True. we care. Yeah. Ooh, got him. We're always busy. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, welcome. We have a lot of stuff coming up today. Since uh, Mason and I are on the show together, we decided to do something different. We'll talk about that in a minute. But first, let's get through some of our uh, just housekeeping. Uh, if you would like to join the Anime Addicts, you can go to apodcast.com slash join to create an account. And if you sign up, you can get so much more bonus content. You can get hentai episodes, hobby addicts episodes, or after parties. And you can get like eight, up to eight additional episodes per month for less than a dollar. Today, we recorded a hobby addicts where I talked a lot more about Pokemon. Well, we both talked about Pokemon. <laughs> we, we talked a little bit. I did a dance in Pokemon yeah. on air. Yeah, it's You true. had to be there. You had to be there. Mason was dancing, <laughs> doing the Poke dance, And uh, he also talked a little bit about some of the museums he went to in New York. So Heck if you yeah. sign up, you can get that. We also have a hentai episode coming up later today where uh, we, Mason and I are going to be talking about some very well-known hentai manga and light some novels. Some classics. 
Yes, some very infamous ones. Infamous that, is a better word. Infamous <laughs> is a very good word to describe what we're going to be talking about. Ones that have stories. So we will be talking about Emergence, J.K. Haru, and Urosuke Doji. So again, if you'd like to sign up, you can get all of that. Uh, also, please be sure to follow us on Twitch. So you can get updated for when we are streaming. And if you go to Facebook, you can go to facebook.com slash groups slash podcast to talk to some of your addicts there and also to get updates on stuff that we have going on in the community. Join our Discord, and there is a link to that on our website. And we have all kinds of clubs and things you can join to interact with each other and also with us. So why don't you tell everyone about um, what we have going on in gaming? Yeah, so we've mentioned it before, but we've got the gaming role all set up, all going on. So you can get notified when either fellow members of the community are doing game nights, which are usually on Fridays, or when Mandy or myself... Well, or it's not usually a word, it's and. We usually are streaming games together. We're actually almost done with the console, which is a pretty fun, yes. you know, miraculous, spooky, cultish, murder mystery detective adventure game, question mark kind of thing. And it's uh, it's been a bunch of fun. Yeah. But since we're almost done with it, I think we're eyeballing Danganronpa yes, to play next. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'd love to hear suggestions on what else we should uh, partake in. Yeah, we also have my manga club. This Wednesday, we'll be talking about Beastars. That'll be the first two volumes. And these two first two volumes, if you're watching the currently running anime, you don't have to worry about spoilers because everything has already been covered in the anime. So if you would like to just grab the books and join us on Wednesday, we'll be discussing those. And if you go to our Discord and go down to the manga club channel and check the pin notes, you can find out the times, the exact chapters we'll be discussing, and stuff that is coming up uh, later, so do that. It's a lot of fun. We also have the Anime Club, which just this past week we uh, discussed Genkutsuo, which is the Count of Monte Cristo. Yes. And guys, you need to read some more books. This is a classic, and it's so good, and I'm upset that I missed the discussion, but... Uh, uh. It's you so came classic. in at the very end. At the very end, over. when we were talking about Penguin Highway, and I was like, whoa, 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 how did we get here? Mm-hmm. But I was thinking, actually, you know, obviously The Count of Monte Cristo by Dumas is like what inspired this directly. But uh, you started watching Gintama recently. Yes. And uh, that is like the Don Quixote of anime. If yes. you've ever read that book, it's like long and goofy. But somehow, like really sincere, and uh, yes. it's a good time. So if you like, <laughs> if you like Gintama, read Don Quixote. If you like Don Quixote, I guess watch Gintama. That's that's my message. But more importantly, on December fourth at ten p.m. EST, uh, Anime Club is going to be discussing Anthem of the Heart, which is mm. just a movie. It's pretty darn good, so it's very easy to pick that up, get through it, and join the discussion. So watch the movie, December fourth. Jump in on Discord and join yep. the discussion. And it's open to anyone, so you anybody, don't have to be even you. Actually, even you. Actually, even I take me. it back. I take it back. <laughs> Especially you. Just for you, actually. It's open. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you, you. You, the listener, not you, Mandy. You can join whenever. Oh man, I, was, I thought that I had special privileges. All oh of a no, sudden. no, like, no. Just, even just, I can just, join? just the person listening to this. I'm giving you a special Mason invite. You uh, just hold it up to the bouncer uh, at the Discord server, and you say, "Mason said I could come in," and we'll let mm. you in. So, you no, know, with that kind of invitation, who could refuse? 
Anyway, what what actually are we going to do this so, episode? Yeah, we have a very packed episode today. So, in the past, we have done a we have picked a lot of anime for reviews that somehow fell off the uh, track somewhere and got lost. Yeah. So Mason and I, because Enzo and Ma- or Enzo and Mitsugi, not Mason, Enzo and Mitsugi are not here. Mason and I are going to go back and just choose a couple of those anime and give them actual reviews. So we'll be doing reviews on Junie Tyson, Socket Request, JoJo Part 4, Diamond is Unbreakable, and Welcome to the Ballroom. And then after that, we'll be doing a review on Sadazad Mai. So, uh, We're just sweeping up the trash. We are, yeah. well, not to imply that these shows are trash, but, you know, extreme house cleaning today. We're yes. getting deep into the cobwebs. This is the once a year, uh, like, clean behind the chimney, stuff that, like, never gets done. We're, we're doing all that today. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So we but, also have results for yeah. Mr. Choice Poll. Why don't so, you? So this is what you guys voted on. So we, you know, passed eight shows from the season that we thought were pretty darn good. And you guys said, actually, you missed one. <laughs> and you went online and you voted on the show that you thought that we should go back and add to our list of things to review. Um, it was a very close vote. Yeah. Way closer across three things than I thought it was going to be. So. Essentially, in third place, which got the third most amount of votes, was No Guns Life, which is a show I failed because it was good, but just not as good as what else I thought was up there. Yeah, we had a lot this season. Yeah, so that was like pretty much 20% of the votes. So it was right up there. Yeah. Um, The second show, actually, none of us did an impression on. Yeah. Because we just kind of fell through the gaps and... People have been hyping it up. And uh, in second place is Oresuki, Are You the Only One Who Loves Me? Which is like a romantic comedy that has also like at about 20% of the votes. And people are really digging it. So yeah. I'm kind of kind of upset we missed that one. I honestly thought that this one was going to win because I've heard people talk about it so much. Hmm. So I was surprised that it didn't win first place. But uh, I should probably check it out at some point. I just I have so much to watch right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's if it's good enough, it'll stay in the public sphere and we all always chat about it. Yeah. But in first place and therefore the show that we will be doing an eventual review of edging out by only like two percent of votes so like if you don't like these results you should have voted that's me doing uh, the drum roll (laughs) cautious hero at like 23 percent essentially and that's the one that mitz failed because once again he was liking it but we were like eh there's better stuff and you guys Mm. thought otherwise so we will be adding cautious hero to the list of things to review at the end of the season so the guy who's definitely played too much Dark Souls and got burned by it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I like it. I can dig it. I have not seen a second of this show, and I love it already. Um, <laughs> so last thing, uh, just a reminder, the exclusive, once again, exclusive, name of the game, RSS feed is now live, which means you get all the stuff Mandy talked about earlier, the hentai, hobby, and after-party shows, all in your convenient mobile podcast apps. I'm not going to name them all. You know what you already have. It's all the cast pocket Apple boxes, overs, downs, up, sideways, you know. So if you have an app, for the most part, you have access to our exclusive feeds. So sign up online and do that to be more addicted than you ever were before. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. And with is, that, there, is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into big news? Anything that we missed? No, I think we're good. Let's I do it. I think we're good. All right. Let's go into the big news of the week. It's time for big news of the week. 
Alrighty, so also, I, one thing I forgot to mention is that because Mitsuki is not here, I do not have his sound system, so I'm doing jobs in a very different way. And so I keep accidentally have to like increase and decrease the volume of them, so I apologize. Listen. But they'll sound great on the iTunes version. <laughs> yeah, what, if you guys are watching this live or listening live, like, Mandy is doing so much right now. Yeah. That, uh... She essentially did all of the notes. She did all of the work, all of the drops, all of the commercials. She's carrying the team on her back as I lazily flop around because uh, I've been traveling a lot this week and just not in my usual situation. So <laughs> props to Mandy, no matter what happens. And by oh, that, I mean, all blame goes to Mandy. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyway, what happened this week? What the heck? So yeah, and this uh, big news of the week, uh, Kodansha wins a 160 million yen lawsuit against three pirate site admins. Of course, I am running the show this week, so, uh, you know, of course you're going to get manga news. <laughs> of and course. the Osaka District Court awarded Kodansha its claim for 160 million yen, which is about equivalent of $1.47 million. Uh, and it is against three admin sites of the Haruka Yume no Ato Manga Leech sites on Tuesday. The three administrators of the site already received guilty sentences for copyright infringement back in January, and the court denied their appeal on November 1st. In the January sentencing, the three men received three different prison sentence lengths. Three years and six months, another one got three years, another one got two years and four months, all without suspended sentences. And the Association of Copyright for Computer Software estimated that at the time of the arrest, the website had caused 73.1 billion yen, which is around 640 million dollars in damage billion. lost sales that's insane <laughs> the mainichi shimbun reported in october 20 of 18 uh 2018 that japan's agency for cultural affairs intends to ban leech sites through revisions of the copyright act this year so uh yeah maybe just buy your manga legally <laughs> yeah be a good patron yeah, so that That's is insane. It's insane how much manga artists lose out when because of these uh, pirate sites. But oof. that's why I always try to keep mine completely legit. <laughs> yes. For those who so. don't know, every manga minute, every book club, everything. I every time I talk about a manga, I bought it legally. So but uh up next we have my manga minute we're switching things around this week because since our we have so much uh <laughs> yeah. so much review coming up we switched it around so we're putting some things that happen in we're the second just front half loading with all the manga yes we're making your manga, manga addiction days. first and then we're gonna make your anime addiction worse yes so let's get into my manga minute Let's take a minute for the Manga Minute with Mandy. This is Mandy's Manga Minute, where I tell you about a manga and help you find something new to read. And this one is called Drifting Dragons, and it is sponsored by Bookwalker. The crew of the airship Queen Zaza makes their living hunting dragons. Succeed, and the reward is riches and all the meat they can eat fail and all that awaits them is a messy end. Follow the grand hunting and cooking adventure of the Queen Zaza as they chase dragons across the sky. 
Drifting Dragons is a slice of life comedy manga and adventure manga written and illustrated by Taku Kuwabara. It is still currently publishing with four volumes currently available in English, and it is currently only available digitally, but there are some printed versions coming out in English that are up for pre-order right now. The manga is episodic, and as we follow the lives of Drakers, as who are the ones who hunt dragons, as they fly through the sky and take down these dragons. And each chapter involves hunting a new type of dragon, the kill, and then a little cooking lesson at the end of the book. So if you have Sign read- me up for the cooking lesson. <laughs> I know. If you have read Delicious in Dungeon, it's sort of like that, where we even get like dragon recipes for everything, dragon steaks and all kinds of stuff. Um, in the first volume, we focus more on the job than the characters. And a man by the name of Takita receives the most attention. And this man lives only for the hunt. The only thing he's excited for is tasting new dragon dishes. It's basically Mason in a fantasy world. I love it. I love it so much. Um, as for the art, I actually kind of like it. The action scenes, I think, are the, where it struggles a bit. They're not always very clear, but I do like the strange dragon designs because they don't look like your typical dragon. They instead have like tentacles and large fins and they kind of just sort of float through the sky. <laughs> But um, it's an interesting manga, and if you like Delicious in Dungeon or looking for a different type of type of fantasy slice of life manga, then give it a shot. There's also an anime coming out next season by Polygon Pictures. Ooh, nice. And this one was sponsored by Bookwalker. So like I said at the beginning of the show, sign up at book, global.bookwalker.jp and use the promo code AAPOD and you get $6, around 6 yen off or uh, 600 yen off your first purchase. But it has to be a new account. And this book is there and we have a page where you can see a bunch of other stuff that we've recommended in the past. And we'll put a link to that in our, there's, it's in the show notes and we'll also put it in our live stream chat in Discord. So uh, yeah, go over there and get some books. Do the monsters look kind of like the uh, creatures out of Maiden Abyss? Would you say it's similar to that design I'm at all? I'm trying to well, they're remember. Kind of, what they're kind of like wispy, but like like rooted in like, oh, this is a dragon, but like not quite the stereotypical. Yes. Yeah, they're yeah. kind of like twisted a bit. Yeah, I can see okay. what you're saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it doesn't look like a typical like, you know, lizard with wings or anything. Yeah. But yeah, they look different. They call them dragons, but I, if I had seen them... Like, if they never called them dragons, I would never have guessed that's gotcha. a dragon. Gotcha. <laughs> I would just been like, it's just like, like a floating monster in the sky. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but there is nice. there are different types, though. There is one that kind of looks like a little wyvern. And it was really funny in that chapter because they weren't supposed to kill it. <laughs> it uh, no spoilers, oops. but it was a very silly chapter. <laughs> nice. But uh, yeah, so up next, we have a waifu war. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. In the game of waifus, you either win or you are late to anime school. Cake will be thrown. Ice cold tea will be served. Who will be top in the class and who will be flunked in Mason's Wife Wars? Big explosion. Big mass, explosion. Mass hysteria. The people After go crazy. Um, so I hope everyone who is listening to this is either about to have or recently had an excellent Thanksgiving. Because... 
uh, there were, this was a week of Thanksgiving, and you know, because of all that, uh, the theme for this month, and actually the final installment of the theme, is uh, waifus that you could bring home to your family. Oh. Uh, I, I have no clever introduction for this other than to present uh, Inaba Himiko from Kokoro Connect as this month's entry. Have you ever seen the show, Mandy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We also did the manga for Manga Club. Oh, yeah. You were there for that one. Yeah, I was. <laughs> anyway. But I do know um, who you're talking about, yes. Excellent. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, Kokoro Connect is a 2012 series by Silverlink, and it's probably right up there with Tanaka-kun as my favorite from that studio. Oh, man, I love Tanaka-kun. They're, they're both so good. Uh so, like, the description of the show indicates that it's, like, a standard, like, love pentagram show with, like, quirky hijinks and trials in the form of, like, they do, like body swapping and, like, uh, like mystery, like, cult powers, like, makes their, like, unconscious emotions, like, take over. They have mind-reading abilities and, like, all these various, like, weird things that happen. Um, and it's kind of, like, typical on, like, the service and, like, Oh, this is a very like generic show on, on based on what the summary would tell you. But this show somehow captures so much life and energy and it infuses it into the characters and it really is way better than it has any right to be. Mm-hmm. Um it doesn't like really break new ground or change the landscape of a high school romantic comedy, but it's one of my favorite in like the sheer amount of heart and like earnestness that like it pulsates with. Um the characters are phenomenal, despite being very quote unquote anime at times. Like, they're very relatable in their emotions. Uh, But of all the characters, of which there's plenty of quality picks, one clearly rises to the top. And that's Inaba, or Inaban, as she's sometimes called. She's, like, the smart. She's rational. She's competent. She, like, knows computers. Like, she builds them and she programs. So, like, she's a very, like, straight-line, rational. Like, she has no tolerance for, like, disorder I think she's also uh, voiced by Miyuki, right? Samashiro? Um, is that the same person who did... Selty uh, and Monogatari? Yes, Possibly. yes. Possibly. Con- um, Kanbaru? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Her voice is spectacular. Yeah. I didn't want to bring she's it up. She's a great, great voice actress. But, oh, my her. goodness. Her her voice is... Like, just go online and look up, like, Inaba, just best of moments, and you'll be like, oh, my goodness. This is so mm-hmm. precious. So good. Um, And she, like... She's like super in control. Like she can't be pushed around by anyone. Like she's considerate of people, but she like gets to the heart of the matter. And like when things get off the rails, she's like not delicate about anything. Mm. Uh, she's just super logical, and you don't have to worry about like obtuse communication being an issue in this relationship because that's what matters. And uh, she will tell you what's what. Uh, she's got good posture, which reminds me I need to do the same. Me too. Um, indicating like a proper upbringing and she's got like the discipline to keep it up her eyes have this like piercing righteous judgment that are just like ooh ooh she looks into your soul and she scares the crap out of you her outfits are like mature and plain she's not like needlessly showy or revealing but by far her best feature something that like catapults her over eons of other waifus is it the snark is it the most like <laughs> smug, triumphant, yeah. and like game changing grins? Like, there's so many moments in the show mm-hmm. where she makes this transition from saying something like she's normally very straight face in series, but her transition when she says something that's like gives her complete and utter victory, and she like slowly breaks down, and her like reserve, like mature demeanor just like 
becomes adorable and like she gets this huge like mile wide conquering smile and it's just like brings so much joy to my life whenever it happens it's just a joy to watch and um like oh my goodness she just i don't know she just has like she's not like the classic sundere but she she just plays the role so well and there's only that's why she's not a sundere she's the one and only dere bon in all of existence and a proper waifu and uh for a proper family so check out the show if you haven't seen it and it's a it's a trip. It's fun. It's good. Watch the OVA too. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no. Go ahead. What was the name of the girl in that show who always put on a mask? I can't remember her name. It's been a while since I've watched it's, it. It's been a hot minute. Yeah. Yeah. I like but, that character too. But yeah, Eva. It's kind of a reminder to check out the show because it's good mm-hmm. and way better than what one might expect when they're like, "Oh, it's a love." pentagram thing <laughs> yeah it's like we've seen a lot of series with switching body kind of themes this one is probably one of the better ones that i've seen yeah yeah because mm-hmm. it, it feels some somehow it just feels so real mm-hmm. that you're like I, I get it i get what's going on even though it's yeah. a little a little goofy but it's a good time and check out tanaka-kun while we're at it yes please watch tanaka-kun i watched it like three times in a row so. <laughs> yeah and ironically good. you're like i'm watching episode seven again i'm like Really? Again already? Like, you just finished. You're like, oh, I already finished my first yeah. rewatch. I'm on my third. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and I tried to get everyone else to watch it, too. I was like, hey, guys, you want to watch Tanaka-kun? People watch Tanaka-kun, watch Kokoro Connect. And then uh, then actually you should probably get out and socialize with your family a bit for Thanksgiving. Don't be bit. a weirdo. Get out, get out there. Be Make a them watch person. it at Thanksgiving. Exactly. <laughs> Convert your entire family into weebs. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So true. Uh Let's get to trivia. Let's, yeah. let's get the show on the road. So first we have our online trivia, which you can find on aaapodcast.com. I'm guessing. I don't know. That's what people tell me, and I believe it. <laughs> like answer, I've never been to that website in my life. <laughs> I've, I can't remember. I can't expect to know how many A's are actually in the, our name. Like they're, It's like banana. Like, when does ah. it end? It's like B-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A. <laughs> Who knows? No You just smash a bunch of A's. You'll get there. Anyway. The answer for this week was My Neighbor, The Yamadas. Classic, classic film that Mitz is a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Winner for the week is Captain Avatar. So congrats to you. And we are continuing the theme of anime friends and family for November. Um, we also, however, have this in-show weekly trivia question, which right here at this very second, at this very moment, you are playing. So for the price of nothing and the prize of nothing, if you can get this right, good on you. And the question is, in Sakura Quest, Yoshino Koharu is hired to help revitalize a rural farming town. What is the town's name? We'll let you know in eh, about five minutes. So hang tight. We'll see you then. Don't go anywhere. Hey, all you anime addicts, while Mitsuki's away, Mandy's at play. So that means you're all stuck with me this week. So, uh, let me go ahead and see what's going on in anime news. Funimation announced last Wednesday that the Fumara Alchemist Brotherhood anime and the first two seasons of Black Butler will return to their streaming service this Wednesday. Both shows will be available in English and Japanese with English subtitles. 
Funimation's streaming rights for Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood expired back in March of 2016, and Black Butler expired in 2017. So it's nice to have both of these popular anime back where people can legally stream them again. Funimation also announced that more content from Aniplex will be coming soon. So while one anime may be coming back, unfortunately a currently airing anime may be going away for a short time. Babylon's next arc is delayed until December 30th. Babylon is currently streaming on the Amazon Prime platform and is taking a hiatus until later next month. I couldn't really find a reason for this delay, but after last week's episode, I'm sure fans are going to be very disappointed to know they will need to wait a month to see what comes next. Up next, Midori Kato, voice actress for Saze in the anime of Machiko Hasegawa's Saze-san manga, received the Guinness World Record for the longest career as a voice actor for the same character in an animated television series on Sunday. In addition, the Guinness World Records Committee extended the world record to longest-running animated television series for the Saze-san anime. In 2013, the show was awarded the Guinness World Record for longest-running animated television series. The anime of Hasegawa's family life manga Saze-san began airing back in October of 1969, so uh, this anime has been around for quite some time, and it's usually the highest-ranked animated series in Japan every week. Kato has voiced the, to the title heroine since the anime's premiere, so uh, she's She's been working for a while. Uh, and finally, Pokemon Sword and Shield has become the fastest Switch game to sell 6 million copies. They announced on Thursday that the newest generation of Pokemon sold more than 6 million units worldwide during its first week. The games broke the records of highest first week sales of a Switch game and the fastest Switch game to reach 6 million copies sold. Whew, that was mouthful. <laughs> Nintendo also announced that the game sold more than 2 million copies in the United States during their first two days, which marks the highest grossing, grossing launch for a Pokemon game in the US. So uh, people love them some Pokemon and I've been enjoying the game for the past week. So uh, yeah, it's good to see that it's uh, it's getting some uh, some sales. Thank you for sticking around. Mitsuki should be back next week, but this was your anime news break. Now, let's get back to the show. My friends are annoyed because they think I have forgotten their actual names. I just call them my senpais and kohais now. I threw a tennis ball at my cat. I was so caught up in the moment and thought... Maybe I could capture her, and then we could go on adventures together. I purchased a motorcycle, just so I could pretend I was Onizuka. I answered the phone with Moshi Moshi. My poor cat. I may actually have a problem. It's time. It's time. It's time. Hello, I'm Mandy from the Anime Addicts Anonymous. Do any of these symptoms sound familiar to you? Do you have 8,572 waifus? Do you struggle with having the theme song for Attack on Titan stuck in your head, even though Jaeger is the only word you know? Then you may be experiencing anime addiction. If you are experiencing anime addiction, then you should visit our website, aaapodcast.com. At Anime Addicts Anonymous, we have dedicated ourselves to making your anime addiction worse. Worse? Yes, worse. 
because the real world just plain sucks. So many resources await you. For just $5 a month, you will have unlimited access to our Hobby Addicts episodes. You will also have access to our Hentai episodes, where you can watch a Hentai along with us and hear our commentary. Give our After Party episodes a listen, where you can hear us struggle to talk about our boring lives outside of anime. That $5 will go to helping us spread anime addiction throughout the world. Yes, it is time for you to make your anime addiction worse. Hi, this is Tiffany Grant. Remember me? Asuka, Asuka Langley Soryu. Anyway, I'm a total anime addict, and if you're not listening to Anime Addicts Anonymous, what are you, stupid? You know me? Of course! And we are back from our break. So before we went on break, we asked you a little animated, animated, (laughs) anime related. I was very animated in how I asked that A very animated question. Anime related question. So sorry. And the question was, in Sakura Quest, Yoshino Koharu is hired to help revitalize a rural farming town. What is that town's name? The answer is Manoyama. And we'll be discussing that here very shortly. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So like Mason and I have mentioned before we started, we went back through a bunch of the uh, shows that were chosen for reviews, but never received them. And to give you kind of like a little catch up on that, which ones are still on the list. Which ones are still in purgatory, awaiting judgment? Yeah. To give you a little rundown of those, uh, the other ones that were chosen but have not received reviews yet are Altair, A Record of Battles, Edomanga Sensei, Boruto... (laughs) (laughs) Yikes, it was that face. (laughs) Sorry. I don't know. I'm pretty sure Kazuro chose that one, and I don't know if he thought that it was only going to be a very short... (laughs) I don't know what happened with that. Boruto, Tiger Mask W, K, The Return of Kings, Mobile Suit Gundam, Iron-Blooded Orphans, Chivalry of a Failed Knight, Ronpo Kitan, Game of Laplace. I think that's how you say that. Yeah. Ushio and Tora, Dorada X2, Sailor Moon Crystal. And I also put a note here, due to like, Boruto will probably never get a review. Yeah. <laughs> unless we only stick to the first 24 episodes. Actually, you, you can't really get Boruto unless you've seen the original. So we have to actually watch all 100 episodes. Yeah, of- <laughs> exactly. That's what I, I'm like. I have never seen Naruto. Like, I am one of, I am a very strange weeb where, like, all of the very popular shonen shows I've never seen. Just I'm like, watch- I'm just watching now, Gitama now, guys. <laughs> To be fair, most people haven't seen Gintama, but True. Yeah. Seen it. anyway, so if there's any of those that you're like, oh my goodness, they have to, they're missing out, they've got to see it, uh, I guess let us know and we'll make a special effort to well, include sure, that one. But I was going to say, I'm sure there's going to be another time where it's just us, and Correct. I would love to go back through and give all of these reviews, maybe not Boruto. 
because <laughs> I, I can't binge through all of Naruto, guys. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Not that I'm, I'm not saying Boruto is bad. I just... We're I, just implying. We're just implying it's a waste not, of time. I'm not doing that at all. <laughs> I'm implying it. Mandy is far too nice. <laughs> I am far too nice. I have never seen Naruto, guys. I'm so sorry. But, uh, yeah, so what we have up today is Junie Tyson, Sakura Quest, JoJo Part 4, and Welcome to the Ballroom. So why don't we start off with Junie Tyson? Yeah, so Junie Tyson was from fall of 2017, and this was passed by Kazuo back in episode 393, which is, wow, almost 100 episodes ago. 100 years ago. 100 decades ago, at least. Uh, This was done by the studio Grafinica, who has not done a lot. They're usually like an assistant studio to other stuff. Um, It was directed by Naota Hosada, and essentially it takes place of... Or not takes place. The the plot of it is that the twelve like brave warriors, essentially these twelve people who have kind of are represented by the twelve animals of the Chinese zodiac, are every twelve years twelve warriors are brought together for like a, a massive over the top death game. And when they and get this, hugged by the opposite sex. Oh my goodness! Insta death. <laughs> Insta death. Yeah, it's extreme fruits basket. Exactly, exactly. So you have these 12 over-the-top eccentric characters all representing an animal of the the calendar of the Zodiac, and they uh, engage in this vicious combat until only one remains, and the one who wins gets their one wish fulfilled. It's just kind of those, this is the premise anime, don't think about it, it just works. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's kind of what it was about. So um, it takes place in like this desolate city. There's literally nothing else we know about this world besides this tournament. Nothing about what year it takes place in the the people who used to live in the city. What year it is like? It's just very much a here's the plot. Here's yeah. the premise. We all know what the death game is. Uh, go. Yeah, we've all seen Battle Royale. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, um- and. Sorry, before we continue, I forgot to mention how we're going to do this. We are going to give a spoiler-free, not recommendation, we're not, um, obviously we can't give these all the hour-long review like we do normally. We yeah. have to condense these down. So uh, we are going to give you a spoiler-free just description of it, like when it was when it aired, who chose it, and then I'm going to put up a spoiler warning. So if any of these are shows that you want to watch and don't want to be spoiled on, when that spoiler warning is up, you can mute us and I'll take it down when we get to the next uh, show and or check uh, check the timestamps if you're listening and right, you can like listening. we'll have a yes. uh, like the pre spoiler review starts here then we'll do a here's where the spoilers start and here's where the next show begins yeah. so yeah I'm gonna give the uh, timestamps to Mitz so when he makes the final copy he can put those up on whatever iTunes whatever exactly the, uh, exactly you're listening to uh, so yeah so Junie Tyson I guess I I can start off so are we ready for spoilers. No, I, well, I think, I, do we want to do any, like, watch or not watch, like, pre-spoiler review? Uh, go for it. You. you can go for it. Um, I'd say if you're a fan of Death Game stuff, it's interesting in that there's no main character. Like, it's not apparent, like, who you're supposed to be cheering for. It's not like, oh, this guy is the main character. They'll definitely win. Oh, she's the love interest. She'll definitely, like, survive. Like, it's very much anyone's game. So I like it in that respect. The only thing I'm going to say now, if you're very anti-spoilers, is do not watch the ending song 
or the ending sequence <laughs> of this series. Do not know anything I'm, about the I'm, Chinese Zodiac in general. Yeah, that helps too. But I'm just spoiling it now that the ending literally reveals the order of the deaths. So don't watch that. Just when the show ends and it starts playing the song, just be like, uh, next episode, please. And you'll remain spoiler free. So if you want to remain spoil, spoiler free, uh, don't listen to any more of this review and don't watch the ending of the show and uh, give it a shot because it's a fun time. I don't know if I recommend it. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. If, it if you starts like off it. really strong, but I will say there is a massive quality drop over time. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like... If you know anything about the Chinese Zodiac at all, even a basic knowledge of it, it's already spoiled. So <laughs> I yeah. don't know if I would recommend it. it. There are some fun fights in there and there are some characters I really enjoyed. Other than that, I don't know. It's I'm very if you like it. if you like these Battle Royale death game stuff, check yeah. it out. If not, it's oh. not one of the best examples. Was this also by Nisi Oisen, the, bo- the book? It is. So I guess I was going to get into that, but. Uh, so this is based on the light novel by the same guy who did Katana Gatari, Monogatari, mm. um, the Kabakuri cycle stuff, the Zaragato series. So I love his stuff. Yeah. He has such like a clever way of writing that I just adore. Mm-hmm. And this kind of is just like a fun throwaway novel, it seems like for him. There's a way less of like the wittiness yeah. and like cynicism and like you get elements of it, but it's definitely not a... Oh, if you're a Nisio Eason fan, you should check it out because it's very representative of his works. It's more of you should check it out if you're just a completionist and see what this guy has done. I'm but very it's definitely curious. not on the same caliber. Sorry. I'm very curious what it would have been like if Shaft had got the same. <laughs> I wonder if I would have enjoyed it a lot more. It's possible. So episode one of this and a little bit in episode two looks phenomenal. Yeah. And it's super hype mm-hmm. inducing. And you're like, this is going to be a blast because this show came out in this in the season that was kind of low-key it was a lot of like sangatsu no lions yes uh girls last tour like it was a very reserved season and this kind of was like oh my goodness this is going to be the big edgelord violent fun time and episode one absolutely delivered that and i was mm-hmm. like yes i'm all in this is going to be an absolute blast and then and then it goes downhill and it kind of <laughs> eats it and it kind of comes back at the end. But there's definitely some bumpy, bumpy elements in the middle that are just not very funny, not very goofy, not well animated that kind of drag it down. Yeah. So why don't we jump into spoilers? I'm going to put up the spoiler whining now. Sure. And so what I did is I wrote down because I knew we weren't going to be able to give these all an hour long attention like we normally do so i wrote down a bunch of pros and cons things that i like things i didn't like and then i guess we'll just throw out a score at the end so yeah uh, sounds good do you want me to start with things that i liked or did you want to start uh you start with things you liked and i'll probably bounce off of that um the first thing that i really liked is there were two characters that i really liked i really like tiger and i really like rat and i know that's probably that's Incredibly subjective. You like Snakakun, yes, we get it. Listless sleepy boys are uh yes, please. Check it was more zone. so towards the ending that I liked Rat. Yeah, like, yeah. He doesn't show up for most of the series. He does, yeah, exactly. But um Tiger surprised me because I think when we first meet her, we get the impressions that she that she's just this drunken, bloodthirsty girl i think that's kind of the impression that i got but when it goes into her backstory i realized 
there's a little bit more to her. And the reason that she does drink is because to take away that pain of killing. And she's actually not as bloodthirsty as I once thought she was. And um, I don't know. I'd say most most of the characters, I think, have more of a depth than they are first given. Mm -hmm. But it's it's one of those shows where, you know, you the second you see the backstory, you're like, oh, they're the next one to die. Oh, sad. And it's like it's nice because like obviously you introduce you're introduced to all 12 characters at once so obviously they can't all be like fully fleshed out so mm-hmm. the show is very much like here's their very shallow staple here's how you recognize them very over the top character designs that i actually don't mind i thought they looked kind of good but then you're like oh as soon as you start getting more interested in know a character then you're like well they're about to die and we're about to learn a new character and i, I didn't yeah. mind that format um I, the reason why I also liked Rat was I just thought his power was very interesting. Um, and it's not like until the very last episode. That, that's kind of sad that it wasn't like until yeah. the very last episode. It was like, oh, he was kind of interesting. I kind of wish I got to saw, see more of him throughout the entire thing. But I liked seeing him go through all the different timelines and experimenting with possible wishes at the end and recalling yeah. of like what other characters were wishing for. Because I, I didn't even know he was talking to any of them. Not the entire yeah. show. But at the end, he's like, no, through all of these different timelines, I sat down and talked to all of them about their wishes. And um, his final conclusion is that I, uh, that he doesn't w- wish for anything. And he ends up just wanting them to wipe his mind of the entire war. And that's his wish. And I definitely see how that would be extremely anticlimactic for some people. We're like, what the yeah. hell? We went through all of this for that? But for nothing, which, but I don't know. I, I think for I didn't me, mind it. I thought it was interesting because it brings in a bit of that Buddhist philosophy that I think a lot of the characters are trying to play off of, which is like in order to live a peaceful life, you have to be free from desires. So I don't know. I think I thought it was kind of interesting, though. Yeah, I mean, all the characters have like a, a quirk. I would say it's most similar to like My Hero Academia, where each person has like a Power. specialty in the way that they maneuver or act or can influence other people and it's just a fun little fluff and a lot of this show is just fluff between the first episode and the last episode it never Uh, really makes you like think about the world or like question things you're just it's a fun nothing nothing show and also i wrote down the opening scene with boar was phenomenal it's the so opening good. is so good yeah. oh my goodness the animation is great just seeing her as like a mercenary it's so above average and it got me excited for the rest of the series yeah but uh <laughs> but yeah it, it definitely the show so how that very much fails to live up to the expectations it set. yes yeah both both from having the the source material from a established like novelist from the anima- animation that it failed to live up to ever again after the first episode. It was just like, yeah, it's fine, but it's just, it's not as good as what I was told it was going to be. So, um, were there any other pros that you want to touch on before I move on? I don't know. I think we kind of, we kind of touched on them. Every, everything good about this show is in episode one. Watch that yeah. and be like, and just use your imagination for the rest and you'll probably be better off. <laughs> Yeah, the main complaint that I have seen people have for this, and it makes sense. Oh, sorry, I think I accidentally minimized. Anyways, sorry. Um, if our cameras froze, it's because I messed up. <laughs> but um, as I was saying, I, the main complaint that I've always seen online is that the series is very predictable, and it is. 
because if you know anything about the Chinese zodiac, the order of them, that's the order they chose to have them die in. And it's so disappointing because it's like the excitement you get from a battle royale story is never knowing if your favorite character is going to die or if they're going to get, you know, that anxiety that builds up. And yeah. if you take that away, what's left of, a, of like a killing game? I, I don't know. It killed the enjoyment for me. Because it did such a good job of like, really, it was anyone's game. Like, mm-hmm. really, you either knew them well enough and you're like, oh, they're strong. They've got a chance. Or you didn't know a character and it's like, oh, they're a wild card. I don't know what they have going on. So it's like any one of these 12 characters could easily have won. And they did such a good job of like playing it even, being very unbiased in how it represented characters. And I'm like, oh, who it, who could it be? And then it's like the show just screams at you. Actually, it's objectively going to be in this order. Yeah. This, so it even has I, them in the ED. It's like exactly. Yeah. If you just ha- so happen to not know anything about the Chinese Zodiac and then you're like, oh, well, the ED is going to tell you anyways. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss on this one. Man. So, uh, so yeah. I, but I, I didn't let that like hamper my enjoyment, but it definitely just did. Like it mm-hmm. just, you, I couldn't avoid it. Yeah. Also, they spent so much time on Snake and Dragon, two characters I thought were so boring. They had the worst episodes. They were like yeah. a three episode backstory for them. I'm like, God, I'm so tired of these two. Why is on. it? Why did you pick these two? Yeah. Yeah, out of all, out of of all the, the other characters that seemed interesting, like they barely gave anything to Dog. I can't remember his actual character name, just the dog. And it wasn't until like the very end with Rat, where he's going through all of his like encounters with all of them, that we realize that he like has like wasn't it like he had a family. Sorry, it's been a little bit since I've it's, seen the beginning of the series. I don't know if they cut, touched on that early. It's been like two years since we've seen it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he's been like. Um, like, he's fighting for, like, his family. And I was like, man, that guy, it would have been great to see more on him. But why did we spend three episodes on Dragon and Snake? Dragon Snake, yeah. Man, and they are terrible characters. Yeah, pretty much. I hated them because neither one of them are likable or interesting enough. Like, it's fine if you have, like, horrible characters as long as they're interesting. Going into JoJo later on. <laughs> cough, 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 hiss, cough, cough. Man, I love hands. <laughs> but, like, I was intrigued by either of them because i thought man it would have been interesting like there's they have so much here that could be interesting that they had two brothers twin brothers yeah. who are entering a killing game there's a lot of drama that can go with that but it's like both of them are like i don't care <laughs> yeah like, i don't okay. care and like they didn't even have good powers well, they you just don't said, care like, i don't care <laughs> they just said like the like thing strapped to their back and it was like yeah what's now yeah so um, also, know. Rabbit's death is so disappointing. I hated that scene. Okay. I'm trying, I'm trying so, to remember that one, actually. Big buff rabbit was, dude. Yeah. Which is has the best cosplays in the best every cosplays. con. I love of all course. the cosplays of him. Uh, big buff rabbit dude. He... Um, it, you know, he's like a beast by nature. He just, he kills people and turns them into zombies because he ne- he's a necromancer. And he yeah. says, oh, this is how I'm making friends. And he's like the big bad of the entire series. Like, there's no reasoning with him, like with a lot of the other he, characters. He's not in it for a wish or to like progress yeah. anything. He just wants, oh, this is an excuse to kill 11 other people. Yes. Sign me up. And make them my friends. <laughs> yes. But, um, 
Yeah, but when it does finally get down, down to the moment where he is fighting with Ox and Tiger, they instantly just take him out. I was like, man, I wanted, why couldn't we get rid of some of the dragon and snake story and have a prolong that fight mm-hmm. to make it more interesting? <laughs> it's like, oh, we have to work together to take down this guy. Frip, his head's gone. Well, that was it. And he does nice come job. back <laughs> as a zombie, but then Rat shows up and just blows him up with a bomb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a climatic. I don't know. It was silly. No, I get you. I get you. I don't know. Um, I know we have to kind of move these along. Was there yeah, anything we can else probably just score about? it. I think I think uh, this is a shallow enough show that the, we've kind of expressed our general consensus on it. Yeah. Um, If we had to score it, I'd... <laughs> Honestly, I'd probably give it more than I normally would just because the season that it came out with was pretty lacking. True. Mm-hmm. Like, not in terms of quality, but just in sort of like this over-the-top, edgelord, fun death game thing. And I kind of like liked it for that respect. So I'll give it a two and a half out of five. I thought that it was just, it had a lot of potential that it didn't live up to. But at the end of the day, I still kind of... I stuck with it, and it was manageable enough. Yeah, I think I was going to do the exact same. I had 2.5 down in my notes. I was like, it's like, I didn't think it was awful. It definitely wasn't. There was enough there that was like, this is entertaining, but it didn't have enough for me to go, this is really good or special. I was like, eh, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, check it out if you just love death games. But besides that, uh, skip it. Alrighty, then I am going to take off the spoiler warning and let's move into Socket Request. So let me bring up my notes. Sorry, I'm bouncing all over the place because I'm controlling everything today. So there's a little delay between everything. But uh, Socket Request. This one came out in spring of 2017. It was originally passed by Kimiko. And the studio that adapted this was PA Works. Actually, I think it was might have been original. I don't think it was a manga, was it? No, no, it's original. Original, okay. It was by PA Works, and the director was Soichi Masui. And so Sakura Quest is about this woman named Yoshino Koharu, who is having a whole a, tons of difficulty trying to find a job. And she's living in Tokyo, and she just... Every job that she tries to apply for comes back as a failure. And finally she does get a job offer in this little rural town called um, Manoyama and she is sent there to become what is known it's kind of like a tourist attraction basically known as the queen of Chupacabra which is like they're like like basically a tourist attraction to try and bring people into the town and uh, get some business from outside of the little rural town and uh, so she goes there with the intention thinking, oh, I'm just going to do like a video or something. And then it turns out her contract was for a year. And she's like taking it back like, whoa, what am I going to do here for a I year? I didn't sign up for this back Yeah, I didn't country. sign up for this. And so they do end up persuading her to stay. And she meets a lot of friends along the way. And she is working to try to revitalize this little rural town and bring more business in. And it's so charming. I love this. It series is so, so much. charming. Oh my goodness! And I I'm just so recently glad. watched this like a month ago, I think. But yeah, I think so. It was after you did your waifu. Uh, uh, so it would have been at the beginning of this month, I think. Okay, so yeah, I think the week. first the first entry in November was one of the one of the friends she meets from this show. Because mm-hmm. yeah. she 
all all the characters. I I, I don't want to say that all the characters in the show in that core group of five are phenomenal. They're so mature. They're like very realistic. Yes. I mean, this is the same studio, same kind of creative forces that the Chirobako and Hanasaka Iroha just kind of like behind the scenes of a bunch of people working towards a goal, everything that goes wrong, everything that goes right. And oh my goodness, it's just so quaint and yeah. pleasant. Like none of the problems are that bad. None mm. of the issues are that like horrific, but it's just enough like real life drama that it just it's a very comfortable hits a slice spot. Of life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Comfortable is a great word for it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, um there's ahead. also like it does highlight some actual real problems too. There are rural areas in Japan that are kind of decaying and dying off and Manoyama actually exists and you there are like this isn't like uncommon for anime of course. <laughs> there are a lot of uh shows where you can pick like you can see like the act take pictures of the actual area and then see how the anime used actual pictures of that area as reference to Well, I think Manoyama was like a conglomeration of like three or four like different small towns mm, okay. that they've kind of like stitched together to form like the fabric of the place that these people are trying to save and oh, okay. there's a bunch of little shops that they go to and have and there's just like such a life to the characters around them and yeah. it's it's an easy watch very easy and it's it's yeah people will say it's slow there's no whatever clearly the show is not for you if you like the slice of life if you like like that behind the scenes working type show uh absolutely i recommend especially checking this out. if you like a working show yeah yeah and um the dub is fantastic i because this was on funimation and i think what happened i could be wrong about this but i think what happened is that it was originally on crunchyroll when funimation and crunchyroll had their merge and so the crunchyroll did have the japanese um audio and then when they split apart it's now just on Funimation and it's only the dub that's all they have so hmm. I did stream it on Funimation watched the English dub and it's actually really good like oh, nice. there were never any cringy moments where I was like Ew, that, that character sounds that didn't come weird. off well I they were all super believable and I loved it and part of that is also just the writing in this yes. is way more believable mm-hmm. it's not trying to make any big grand gestures like all the like Moments where they try to give an impassioned speech that like would work in an anime but would not work in real life like comes off as kind of like awkward and they're like oh you're such a goof like it comes off the way it would in real life it doesn't yeah. feel fabricated or fantasy and it's it's oh it's just adorable and it just gives you the warm fuzzies yeah so are uh, we ready to jump into the spoilers spoilers whatever we can spoil we're gonna try our best to yeah there's not really much here to spoil. But, um, so yeah, where do you want to start? I put down some pros. I didn't have many cons, honestly. But, uh, my first was that the characters are so lovely and charming. We already talked about that pretty much. The cast is so fantastic, and each of them have a very well-developed background, and they all have issues that they need to resolve and are very easily relatable in some way, and they're all struggling with, like, their own careers and working together to support one another, and it's just so heartwarming. From, like, Sanae, who's trying to find IT work in this tiny little rural town. And I love that they, like, form a um, type of network of, like, a TV program so that all of, like, the old people in the town are able to participate and create their own channel. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. My favorite moment. There's like a the, YouTube like conglomeration. Yes, my favorite moment of the entire series. Okay. One of my favorite moments. Maybe it's not my there's favorite. So, there's so many. I got excited about it though. There's so many great moments. Is when these two, um, because at first all of the older people in the town are not really familiar with all of this new fancy IT tech. Newfangled phones? All, what yeah, is all this? These... Touch screens? <laughs> Yeah, they do go through and show them all how to use tablets. It's just really cute. But yeah. my favorite is when these two old people get into a fight online. They're their first online fight. And they're not like... Flame like, war people. It's so funny because they're not even like trying to be anonymous about it. They're like, I'm going to come down to your store. I'm going to beat you up. <laughs> it was so funny to me. I love that scene. But... um. Yeah, and then we have, like, Didiko, who is trying to overcome her social anxiety, and she's wanting to participate in this um, play where she's singing, like, this very, um, uh, like, this song that was made for the town. It's, like, a very tradi- no, it's yeah, not traditional, but it's, like, a very, like, specific to that village, yes. and it's, like, very ingrained in the culture of growing up there and, like, yeah. what it means mm-hmm. to be associated with this place. Yeah, and then we have, like, Maki, who's trying to get back into her acting career. And, of course, like, our main character, Yoshino, who is just trying to find a decent job and making so many friends here. I mean, that's very much, like, the struggle of, like, people coming out of college. They are just, where do I find job? How do I find job? Can I job, please? Like, (laughs) where do, can I job, please? Where do I job? Yeah, it's it's a great show for college students, I think. Yeah, because she's grinding away, and it's not like for lack of effort. It's just things don't always go through, and you will get chances that are maybe not your dream job, but sometimes you just gotta gotta take them and see, just take that starting step. And I think that's kind of important. But yeah. I mean, I just the whole the focus of like the decay of the Japanese mm-hmm. small town, just like it really brought to light like oh these places are just being deserted and desolated and it's just there's just not people who are interested in going out there yeah and it's it's cool it's yeah I, I, I don't know i feel more informed more culturally about an event in japan than most mm-hmm. other shows ever do um i also like the main theme of the show where it's like life can take you in many different directions and you might not end up with the dream job that you originally intended to find but it is like it's good to give things new things a shot and uh because you might end up falling in love with a different kind of career that you didn't originally intend for or meeting new people that you can call family one day it's just it's a really heartwarming series and there's a great mix of comedy and drama and sandal is the best character (laughs) His match three skills are unbeatable. <laughs> best matchmaker in town. Yes, best matchmaker ever. <laughs> oh, that that whole like dating episode where they yeah. like try to like pair people. Oh, that was so cute. Oh yeah. my goodness, so it's adorable. It's so funny because Sandal is like this weird like foreign guy who just walks around with different kind of musical instruments and just he's so airheaded. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he just like he. Like is always in like his own little fantasy dream world, and everyone's like, "That guy's weird, but he's kind of hot." Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, if you're hot enough, you can get away with just about anything. Oh no, um, don't tell them that. But, don't um, tell the people that. I love this scene, like we were talking about with the dating, where he shows up on the like dating. Um, he shows it? up on the next bus. On the bus, <laughs> yeah, the bu- the dating bus, and they're. Um, 
uh, was it was it Shinomiya? Who was it? Was it Yoshino? I think it was Yoshino. He's like, do you know what this is? Like, this is a matchmaking service. He's like, yeah, match three master right here. <laughs> I was he dying. just ends up and I don't know. It's like kind of shallow comic relief, but it's a fun time. And he's always he was like, you know what I'm best at? Killing the blue pieces. <laughs> Instantly favorite character. <laughs> you relate. You relate. But yeah, and like it might not have. It's a slice of life, so it's not gonna have flash, very flashy animation. But the scenery is gorgeous, and um, it creates this really great, comfy atmosphere. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, like I was saying earlier, most of the show, most of the scenes are drawn from real life locations. So it's kind of cool to like compare the two as well. No, agreed. Um, uh, cons. Cons. Uh, I don't so really my, have many. My big. Oh, well, my two big cons were, honestly, like, I like that they pulled a bunch of references from real-life towns to, like, make this town a thing. Uh, but overall, I felt like I didn't get a good sense of the town itself. True, Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I didn't have a... Robot like, the whole vending point of the show machine? Was, what else do you need? Like, the train station was good. Like, oh, I'm like, oh, this is how the train station is set up. This is, you know, what gate you exit, all that stuff. But for being a show about selling people in the show about oh come visit the town come stay at the town come live at the town as a viewer i didn't get a good sense of the town Hmm. like where is the uh the tailor shop relative to the restaurant that you at? what time do people kind of like wake up what time does it go to bed like what what does it feel like to live in this town i really didn't get that i got characters trying to bring people to the town but i was like i don't want to go there i don't know anything (laughs) about the town like the show kind of failed to tell me what why I should come live in the town. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm not the demographic, but there's just like a certain sense of like, where is this place? <coughs> I didn't. Excuse me. So that that was one thing I just really didn't get behind because I love kind of mapping out places in my mind and getting a feel for that. And it just I want to go there and walk around and figure out, oh, this is how it's laid out. Mm-hmm. And that was the big thing I disliked. Uh, also, the boss guy. uh Ushimatsu, I think his name was, like the older gentleman. Oh, I who loved out. him. He's goofy and fun, and I love how he clashes yeah. with the other, like the older, the Obaba. The uh, leader of the, um, of like the, the Merchant's Guild. City Council. Yeah, the Merchant's Guild. Oh, my goodness. Which is a, a name that doesn't feel like it belongs. In Sounds the, like a fantasy. Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, like, it was, he was a bit much at times. Like oh, a man, little too. I, I love know. those grumpy old man characters. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that, but it, it just kind of was like just not, not quite my rhythm, not quite my beat. Mm. So those were those were probably the two things that I was like, uh, if they had gotten that, yeah, I would have really like recommended it to anyone. But this one, like without that, I'm just like, eh, definitely check it out if you like slice of life. But it's not like the best one, so. What mm. what what did you have? What what were your little nagging I was things? struggling because like obviously there is the obvious like if you don't like slice of life there you go. <laughs> like there's no reason to watch it because it's a very comfy slow slice of life. Yeah, this but, is definitely a show better watched like week to week. Yes. Um, or, or in like segments like trying to marathon this would be not not as enjoyable. It was in fine my mind. for me, but I like slice of life. So fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um. For me, I think the only con that I could really write down was the ending resolution of how they did save the town at the end because it felt a bit easy. I don't know. It was because they discovered that Sandal's relatives once lived in this town and therefore like foreigners. And so they contact his, another relative of his that's currently staying 
in um, Japan. And they tell him to come to Marayama and try to get him interested in creating like a sister town with wherever he's from. And Mm -hmm. I understand that the show was like all about the journey, but and the connection that you make, but it still felt kind of weird. Like it felt like all their hard work was pointless. There was that, there was also like that, that like big concert that kind of just like fell in their lap and they're like, Hey, this will work. And it kind of didn't, but it just felt like nothing. The characters did were meaningful. produce that and yeah. nothing nothing yielded results it kind of was like you know not every job is going to be your dream job just get out there try your best and you'll succeed and it's like get out there try your best and things will happen and you'll go home and you'll wake up the next day like it, it just felt like i don't know and maybe that incompetence is part of them just being new like this is not the job they were signed up for yeah. but it did feel a little like they didn't really have big victories yeah but um, Still a great perhaps show, it grinds it in realism, but I don't know. True. Yeah. Know. Not everything works out wonderfully in real life. Exactly. But exactly. Uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about it, really. I love it. I think it's a great little show. You ready to score? I'm ready to score. Go for it. Um, I don't know. So I, I, just, I was like, well, what do I score the show? So I just went to my anime list and I was like, what did I score it last time? Uh, and I gave it a three and a half out of five. And I'm, I feel like a major part of that was simply that I was coming off of Shirobako and I was like, oh, this, this is going to be the next thing and it's going to be just as good. And I'm, I'm ready for more of that PA works goodness. Mm-hmm. And it just wasn't quite with the emotional highs wasn't quite there with the, the soundtrack. Like it was all fine. It was all good. It was all what I was there for, but it just didn't have that special something that was like, yeah, this is maximum my enjoyment for this kind of thing. So I think I was just a little let down by that. And that's where that three and a half out of five comes from. So so glad I walked it, watched it, walked it, can't even <laughs> talk, but it was, uh, it was enjoyable. And definitely if you're a fan of the genre, please check it out. Um, I think for me, I'd probably give it a four out of five. I loved it. I thought it was great. So charming. Um, yeah, the ending was a little bit disappointing for me just because I was like, it didn't feel like anything they did mattered, <laughs> but I did enjoy the journey and I loved all of the characters. I thought they were fantastic and the great dub. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Ready to move on? Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm very ready to talk about go for it he's next to i'm very this one's gonna be very fast i feel like we've already talked about it enough yeah kind of sort of uh guys jojo part four diamond is unbreakable uh this is obviously done by david production they've done all of the jojo series this came out in spring of 2016 so this is over three years old this was passed by mitts back in episode 322 wild anyway um, I don't. Do I even need to do the synopsis of this? Uh, it's no, part no, four don't. of JoJo. Uh, it's it's JoJo is a long running series. It's about a royal bloodline family. Whatever is this family? They have powers, and then the next generation of that family sometimes has powers, and they get in all these wacky. Maybe you might even call them bizarre adventures, and things happen. And it's really evolved over the years. And part four is considered like the first part where it really found its mark of what Mm. it has now become today. 
And a lot of people say, oh, you have to watch from the beginning. A lot of people say, eh, you can kind of skip and jump ahead. There's no right answer. Obviously, you should watch from the beginning objectively. But part four is a great jumping on point. If you've never seen JoJo and want to get in while it's good and see what it's all about. It, um, the, our main protagonist, Jotaru, which is where part of the Joe comes from, uh, it's takes place in these very also slice of life adventures as him and his friends bop around the town and things go pretty well. They I think you meant Josuke. Goofs. You said Jotaro. Uh, yeah, Josuke. Sorry, you're fine. No, there's too many JoJo's. Uh, yeah, there's anyway, so JoJo's. So, yeah, so they bop around. They get into goofs and gaffs until. Uh, some dude who's really got a thing for hands comes and starts ruining things, and then the the real series begins. So, uh, a really hands-on type person. He's a real, yeah, touchy personality. Yeah. Um, so essentially, the whole appeal of the show for me is that everyone in this series who is you know a character, quote unquote, has unbelievably goofy specific and odd powers and the whole conceit of the show is that this guy with a very strange power uh has a a disagreement with this guy who has a power that is also completely just unthinkable and it's just how do these powers mesh and work together to make these fights that are simultaneously like epic and just by the seat of your pants and you can't put too much logic in them you're just like nope well, this guy fights with the ability to control sound effects, and this guy fights with the ability to. This guy is a self uh, make you way heavier or something, <laughs> and it's just like how how does that how does that fight work out? It's like a it's like a weird like thought experiment that just is a oh, it's a goofy time. Yeah, this character is a self insert for Araki. Yeah, <laughs> I the, I the, love to imagine that he thinks that he is Rohan. He he definitely does, but uh, let's go ahead and jump in. Yeah, let's just get into it. Let's do it. There's let's no like, I don't know. There's no like concise way to talk about JoJo. I feel so, like we we've talked about it so much when we back, especially during our JoJo uh, episode. Episode, yeah. I was like very vocal about like the, out of everything that has aired out of JoJo, this is my favorite season so far. So <laughs> I love part four is considered one of the best parts, especially because, like I mentioned earlier, it's kind of. The first three parts, is they're kind of playing around with the idea of how the powers are going to work. And they go through a few iterations, but it's kind of always off. In part four, it really kind of finds mm-hmm. the system that it will continue to go forward with. And it's kind of odd because it is slice of life. It's very almost monster of the week yeah. for the first 20 Half. or so episodes. Yeah. And it is almost slow in that regard where... You're like, these people are just living their life every day in this town. It's not a big, grand adventure like part three was where they're mm-hmm. walking across Egypt, Egypt. And you're like, ah, we know where the destination is. And it's just a matter of time until we get there. It's still monster of the week, but it feels like we're progressing. We're moving. We're advancing. Mm-hmm. This one is just waiting around before the inevitable bad stuff happens. So in that regard, I think some people might not dig it. But the whole appeal is that. It's just nonstop. You watch the show and then you think about it for like hours afterwards. And you're like, what if I had stand powers or if I had that power, what would I do? Or it just it makes you think about useless stuff more than any other show that it's just it's just so enjoyable. What if I and, lived in a world with Rohan? 
What, 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 how would I make moves on that? How on would that I boy? make moves on that mangaka? How would I get some gotcha. of that? What was it? Mountain money. Fucking bucks. The mountain money. That, the, the Miyama bucks. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but Broad, like, the show, the show like looks fantastic. It's the actual, the animation, to be honest, is not great. Like the way the characters move. I actually move love the art style. Is, well, I love the art style. The okay. art style is amazing. The clouds alone. Yes. Are some of the best things I've ever seen. They just have this wispiness while also being like sharp and defined with like these really odd color palette swaps that just give me life. Mm-hmm. And the characters look very crisp and clear and they really pop. Yes. But they don't really move well. They're very stuck yeah, in place and stiff as they move. So if you're looking for like a fight show of actual like animation progress, this is not the one for you. But the way. They make up for it with the best sound effects ever. There's, in particular, there's a guy, Okuyasu, whose, like, ability, like, wipes (laughs) out a void of space and time. And there's just this, I can't even describe it. I'm not going to even try to imitate it. Go ahead, go ahead, try it. Try to imitate it right now. I'm going to blow out the mic. (laughs) That was terrible, but I love it anyway. It just, like, wipes out this whole. the the, the hand in the flesh. (laughs) It just like wipes out time. Where's you Kira? Feel, Kira's like, hand. You feel just this <laughs> section of just time just erode. And, it, and it's just, oh my goodness. It has such a crunch yeah. and like base to it that it's a joy when to listen to. When someone gets punched. Oh my God. That whole scene uh, the, where Rohan was getting beaten into oblivion. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. All, just, those voice, so, all those sound so, effects are all oh, painful. The, the the voice acting is amazing. Yes. The the music is fantastic. The openings and endings, I'll watch them because they like change and warp with what's going on, and they add little and touches Garden. and flares and Savage Garden at the uh, the ED. <laughs> There's just like so many production values that help like elevate it from the lackluster animation and from the uh, perhaps like slow thing to just give you like these mountains of dread and you just feel like ooh, you, f- you just feel in the show and honestly like this is not my favorite part and it's kind of slow but no show am i so excited to go into every week like even when i knew like oh this episode's not going to be like i'm not a big fan of this encounter because i've read the manga before when the episode starts, I'm always a hundred percent in. There's, I'm just, I'm always engaged mm-hmm. when JoJo is on, and no, there's just few shows pull me into their world as much as this. And even though there's a lot of things wrong with it, and a lot of times things don't make sense, and you're just kind of like, that's JoJo. This is JoJo. Like, just don't think about it. Just let it happen. <laughs> like, because Araki just sometimes writes himself in the corners. Yes, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because when the show works, especially. With the last like six or seven episodes, with which is the final fight, it just works so damn well mm. that it reaches highs that no other show can reach. And like, you just gotta you gotta deal with some JoJo logic every now and then, so that you can get the JoJo glory. Yeah, I actually liked a lot of the slice of life moments in it. Um, I yeah. also love. Where else are we gonna get a series that says I'm gonna fix that spaghetti? <laughs> Nowhere. <laughs> I love out of context JoJo memes. I see yeah. them all the time. Yeah. Um, Josuke is also one of my favorite JoJo's. He's such, I think out of all of the, from, you know, from part five to 
part one of what has been mm-hmm. an- animated. Like I'm not, I don't know much about the manga beyond that because I have. Listen, until you've met a dinosaur riding a horse carrying an American flag, like in part seven, I'm there. You're you're, you're only at the tip of the JoJo I'm so iceberg. There. <laughs> but <laughs> out of all of the JoJos but, that have been introduced so far. Josuke, to me, is the one who acts the most like his age. He's such a dumb teenage boy. And I he actually yeah. love that. Like the like the part where um, they meet the guy who has Harvester, the uh, stand Harvester, where he just makes up. He can make just billions of his like copies of his stand to go out and steal shit. And the first thing Josuke comes to is like, oh, I can get money to buy shoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just I love Josuke. He's so I don't know. He, he's just a dumb typical he, teenager. He's boy. such a good boy, good boy, while also yeah. simultaneously like forging checks to make a bunch of money. <laughs> yeah, and trying to find lottery tickets and yeah. fake dice to piss off Rohan and burning his house God. down. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Poor it's, Rohan. Clearly, we love JoJo. We're not going to go on about it too long, but. I would say this is a good starting point. I would say episodes one and two, I think it's a two-parter, and they're great. And they actually use a bunch of cool editing techniques, like when uh, Jotaro, like, enters a car and, like, walks out, like, swaps to him, like, being in a room. Like, there's so many cool things that they don't keep up later on, and Mm. it was kind of disappointing. But just watch episodes one and two. Yeah, you get a little animal violence. It goes away. Just... It's good. It's good. Watch I love the villain Kira. Jojo. He's so different. Yeah, the the main antagonist in this in this part is part. easily one of the best, mm-hmm. and the confrontation with him and just his philosophy, uh, and the love that his parents have for him are all very touching yeah. and great. And <laughs> and it's I would say. I don't know. I don't know if I'd say it's better than part five. Oh, it was uh, for me. I like the this recent one. A lot one. The 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 ending of four definitely is far better. Mm, yeah, for sure. The the fights maybe aren't quite as clever, but overall the mood and aesthetics of this I think are better. I always thought Rohan Stan was the most interesting out of all of them because <laughs> he can he literally could be unbeatable. He could write into anybody. Don't attack Rohan. The end. Bye. <laughs> I love Rohan. Look best part any part with rohan is the best part best part well that's why he gets all the side stories yes so (laughs) i don't know i i think we can score it i i mean i like waxed profusely about it and i love jojo honestly there's a lot of flaws with it that i just choose to ignore and i love it for um i'm gonna give it a strong three and a half out of five I think I think a lot of it's too slow. I, don't, I know I think it's this another is just three a, a five out of five for you. You might as no, well just say five out of five. No, I know. I know. That's what everyone says. Oh, the Mason rates everything a three and a half out of five. Listen, it's not for you guys. I, I rated the show in 2016 on my anime list back when I watched it. And I, I gave it a, a three and a half out of five. That's what I thought. I thought it was good, but not not that next level. Mm. Uh, this is my favorite part, so I'm giving it 4.5 out of 5. I love it. Yeah. There's Rohan. Rohan's the best. 4.5 Rohan. Watch. Rohan manga. Watch Exercises out of 5. And we get, we get old man Joseph. Yeah. 
All right, let's move on to welcome to the ballroom. And this one came out in summer of 2017. It was originally passed by Kimiko. And the impression of that is in episode 381. I forgot we did we put down the episode impressions on these. So I think maybe Icy did. I did. Oh, you did. Oh, thank you. This is literally in this like 12 page document. Uh, that's the only thing I'd contributed was putting in three numbers the at the me. end of everything. Yeah, everything else that's on you. Uh, so yeah, this was a manga adaptation by Studio uh, Production IG and directed by Yoshimi Itazu. And this one is about competitive ballroom dancing and it follows the character Tatara Fujita, who is a middle school kid and he is very shy and he, is, he was at the very beginning of the series having trouble with bullying and one day he is saved by this big man named uh, Sengoku. <laughs> big man. Big man. I love Sengoku. But uh, yeah and he drags him into his studio and there he starts to experience ballroom dancing and this girl that he kind of has a crush on is is there as one of their students and so he becomes interested in this sport and starts to participate in it and throughout the rest of the series it's all about his journey into this new passion this new um interest that he has and we get to go through some competitions as well so um it's basic gist of it um I don't know. What are your thoughts? I, so obviously same group, same creative mindset that did Haikyuu. Uh, later on, they would go to do uh, Run With The Wind. And so they clearly know what they're doing. It's the same soundtrack guy, uh, Hayuki. Or, you, you know what I'm talking about. He's got a very distinctive sound. So it's like very much the same thing. And I went into it and I saw like the promotional posters. And I'm like, ah, dance pass look at those old giraffe neck boys that looks goofy this looks goofy this is dumb i'm gonna skip this one and then i watched it oh my goodness this was so good also <laughs> ferret cam live ferret's yeah. going he's he's hiding he's going i don't he's know where he's trying going to, he's, he's oh, oh reject that plan he's anyway uh guys <laughs> no this was so i watched this show this week because this was the one i hadn't seen before this um and I really liked it. I thought it was really good. I actually watched like the last seven episodes with my whole family last night. Oh, just that's like, awesome. <laughs> it was just, we were just like, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm home for the holidays. I'm here to be social. And I'm like, guys, I can't. I got to watch anime for my podcast. And they're like, we'll watch, watch it with together. you. That's so yeah, sweet. So, God, my family is so what what I'm thankful for is my family being super supportive and just watching the last seven episodes of this ballroom dancing anime that they've seen nothing about. We watched it till like 1 a.m. so I could finish it for in time. We were waltzing around the room. We were having Aww. a blast. This was a so we had so much fun, even though the last seven episodes were kind of the worst part. Yeah. Uh, the visuals in the show. They looked so good. Hmm. They were yeah, they have a little bit of long necks. It happens sometimes, but it it was just good. I just liked it way more than I was expecting. Hmm. I don't know what to say more besides going into spoilers. Um, what what were your expectations going in? Like, were you expecting it to be really bad, or were you expecting it to just be mediocre? No. Or I I, I don't know. That might I guess give I, some insight into how you feel like overall. 
Like, because like, when this 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 show came out before uh, Run with the Wind, yes. So like, once I saw Run with the Wind and really liked that, then I was like, oh, let's give this one a shot. It's you know, and I mean, I pretty quickly fell in love with it. Like, there wasn't like a, oh, you have to give it three or four episodes, but like, you know, it definitely progressed from a show that's this is about dance. It teaches you about dance, how it works, the intricacies, the moments about it, how to have good posture. Reminder, have good posture. Um, to like very much a metaphor for relationships and people communicating with each other and this whole thing. And just it changed flow halfway through. And I think it still kept up the momentum of being an interesting and engaging story. And I... I guess I didn't have too many expectations going into it other than they dance. How about curious. yourself? I um, like, I, I wasn't like with like, I wasn't like reading online discussion or anything like that. Like I was pretty muted and gotcha. unspoiled to all that. Yeah. So I also watched it this past week and because I had never seen it, I watched the first two episodes and then I think when it first aired, I think I put it on hold because I was like, there are so many things I want to watch right now. I'm just going to put this on hold and wait. And then suddenly everyone started telling me all this. They didn't like this anime, like a bunch of people that we, that, you know, that, that we uh, talked to in our community. We're like, no, I hated this. It's, it's I mean, awful. Yeah. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll fail it or maybe I'll drop it. And then when we did this review, I was like, okay, I'll put jump back into it. So I did watch it this whole past week. I mean, I guess all I was told about it was I watched episode one when we decided to do it. And I'm like, hey, episode one was pretty good. I'm digging it. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, well, I want to see what happens like by the end. I thought it was still good. I, th I definitely think it went through a drop. I think episodes yeah, like yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. 17 through like 21 were like not great. The animation plummeted very bad. Like yeah. <laughs> they had these like big dance competition scenes and it was nothing but stills like face like overhead view or that or like an overhead view of like 12 couples dancing, but they were just. Yeah. Locked in still, not even moving, crowd shots, lingering, not moving. Like they definitely were like, yikes, budget time. I, I don't know what it was, but it definitely was a patch of rough spot. Mm -hmm. But once they got out of that and everything before it, I thought was very consistent and solid. Cool. Well, let's go ahead and jump on in. So I'm yeah. going to put up the spoiler warning and uh, my very first. W welcome to the spoiler room. Yeah. My very first thing that I put down, which was the very first thought that I had, was I love Jinatsu so much. She's so great. Yeah. Um, my, I'm sorry, I'm trying to bring up my notes because I realized I was on, I accidentally skipped to Seto's on my. Anyways, gotcha. Jinatsu was my absolute favorite character. And I think if this series ever came back and there is more to it, she would probably end up being one of my favorite female characters of all time. I was very hmm. disappointed she came in so late, but man. Well, it was like just past the halfway point, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, but she didn't really get introduced as a character into like mm -hmm. a main character until like 14 or so. Yeah, she's 
absolutely my favorite because she's so strong-willed and determined to lead because we learned that she used to do um, ballroom dancing as a child and at that time when you're a child it would be um, two you your dance partner was you know two women and then when you grow older they're like no you have to have a male lead and a female um, partner and for like proper competitions for proper competitions yeah and she was so determined to lead she's not gonna let any man control her Ain't no <laughs> man gonna contain all this i loved her and she's not afraid to she wasn't afraid to call out how sexist the rules are regarding like how women are scored she's like you know it's kind of ridiculous that we that all the scoring is based on the man and how well he leads and yeah for competitions she's like that is nonsense and so i I love that she was in this to kind of call that stuff out. And well, there um, was like, sorry to springboard. There's like moments where like other females would make comments like, you know, the ability of a female is really how much she can express within a man's hold. Yeah. And she's like, yes, I get that. But how about no? How about about we don't? Yeah. Yeah. And oh my goodness. Like, it wasn't even like heavy handed with it. Like yeah. it was mm-hmm. upfront and obvious with it. Like clearly this is going above and beyond like, oh, she's clearly this way more than just dance. This yeah. is a, you know, a personal statement, but it wasn't like leaning into it so much where I was like, okay, we get it. Yeah. Yes. They're marginalized. Yes. They are under a different form. Yes. They don't even get a number on their back. Cause they don't even get the number. Like yeah. we get that. It was just like, Oh, I see what the point they're trying to make. They made it very clear. And I get it. We're moving with it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, the only thing I didn't like about her was like, you got to know what you want to do. Like, you can't expect <laughs> like if you want to dance, dance. So just going back and forth about it. But no, she was great. She was a blast. And yeah. one of those things where, you know, my my family started watching with me and it's like I had to tell them, oh, she's a character, but she's only kind of just been introduced mm-hmm. the first 12 episodes of this series, this major character you're seeing now wasn't even a wasn't factor. part of it, yeah. And I like that they didn't go with the typical love at first sight and, like, do a whole, like, convolute. It was just good. It yeah. just felt so real. And it was... I, I don't know. It. She's very, also very relatable to me because she is, she is a very stubborn character, but she has a side to her where she instantly regrets when she's being overly harsh. Like she yells yeah. at somebody and she goes and she's just in bed curled up. She's like, why did I say that? <laughs> why did I do that? I've been there so many oh, times <laughs> because she's uh. like a cannonball. When she gets mad, she's, she's going to let you know she's mad. And yeah. then afterwards she's like, God, why, why am I like what? this? <laughs> I liked her. Her mom was great, too. Yes. Her mom was, like, she was, like, super, like, reserved and stuff happened. And she'd, like, bust out of her seat. And I'm like, yeah. oh, my goodness. Like, you can get where that came from. And, mm-hmm. like, the whole backstories that were given, like, it all made sense. It all attributed. It all added to this point. It was just like, yes, I'm seeing how things connect. The writing was good. The characters weren't over the top. They were in high school, yes. But it was way more mature yeah. than it was very on par with the kind of character development we saw in soccer request or the college age of run with the wind. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I also like a lot of the scenes from her past where she is struggling because a lot of the people around her are telling her what it means to be feminine. They're like, no, you have to do this. You have to wear dresses. And she's like, I don't want to do that. I when was she like, was bawling her eyes yes. out when she had to wear the dress. I was I like, was like <laughs> God, I feel I you. Laughing. I hate dresses too. I love you so much. <laughs> I loved her. She's my favorite. Um, 
but all I thought all the yeah the characters I, are strong they're what the kept entire me back. male and female class mm-hmm. I thought were both just diverse intelligent they all had things to say there was no yeah. character that was like aggravating to be on screen yeah. Aki was a little bit much but like they kind of made her goofy yeah mm-hmm. um it was good it was I'm gonna say the good a lot I don't have many more things to say. <laughs> yeah um I also loved Sengoku and his partner Chizuru I think that's her name Chi Chizuru uh, you mean are you talking about the older couple yes yes the, the okay, instructor yeah. and his partner man Chizuru well, they we were first very meet similar her. budding heads yes. always made for she, better relationships she is not afraid to beat the shit out of him and he screws yeah. up or trying to do too much to show off. She's like, uh-uh, we have that. <laughs> I love it. But, um, yeah, I also like the story of Tatra as well. Because if you think about it, a lot of times when people get really into competitive sports, they start out very young, like child, like in your childhood. And yeah. so he's coming to this actually, like, even though he's like high school, middle school-ish age, I can't remember. Um, it's... it's- it transitions. I think yes. it's the first half is the last year of middle school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the second half is the first year of high school. But yeah, he's still coming into this pretty late for somebody. And I I don't know. I just like that um, story of somebody coming into a new hobby and passion and working so hard at it with people who have been doing this their whole life. <laughs> like, I mean, hard, hard work is always just such yeah. a great message. Mm-hmm. But I think part of that is he has a very relatable to some people so they can just yeah he's not sure what he wants to do he's just kind of like he's you know an average student he's just going by but he doesn't have like that drive he doesn't have that thing to push him and he's just like where do i go yeah what's my future gonna be and he's like and he finds a thing and that's it was great it was great to see that yeah i also so. love how he found confidence with dance because before he was very shy, very kind of, yeah. he was always scared to like go near the people who were like the bullies. And then after a while, he's like, he gained confidence from, um, you know, I mean, episode dancing. one was just, it wasn't even dancing. It was just, he goes and he learns how to stand upright Yeah, mm-hmm. and he sees himself standing upright. And that was just like, that was like, that gave him that first like boost yeah. and seeing that was like, I was just felt it i felt like yes i see what is going to go on to drive this character in the future mm-hmm. i also liked um kagimiya or kuchimiya the older man that we meet who um, oh yeah with the rohan haircut with the rohan haircut yeah <laughs> and the yeah. like massive bags under his eyes i love that guy but i also like that he's just this older man who doesn't really enjoy dancing and he was very happy when he got into an auto accident he got hit by like when, a car when he smiles right yeah. before the truck He's hits like, oh, him because he wants to be a musicai <laughs> <laughs> and then but no but the excitement of it keeps drawing him back in i like that i liked him a lot too mm-hmm. um i don't know is there anything else about pros you want to talk about uh i thought the animation was really good for most of it um they really took some not risk in like obscure artsy shots but there's a lot of shots that they just didn't need to do but they did and it was kind of odd but it worked so like there was a scene where the dude's getting massage and he's like helping like stretch out the muscles like in his shoulder blade mm. and they like show like the muscles and like goop like ripping apart and it's like that was kind of odd but yeah that was weird. okay 
And there's like, if you've seen some Gatsuno lion, they kind of had that same effect on their smiles, on their mouth, where they're like overly shaded. Like they were drawn with crayon instead of like, pen, like they're too thick. And I thought that was like something I haven't seen in any production IG shows before this. Mm. Those um, are just two things. I was like, huh. They're, it seemed more ambitious in some of these shots than uh, like Haikyuu or something. Um, according to Icy in the chat, so I was just reading chat, he said that the sexism part of the show wasn't apparently representative of the actual sport and that rubbed people the wrong way because it was forced drama. I should probably say that I don't know anything about competitive dancing, so I did. I don't know anything about the actual rules of it. So I could definitely see if you really, if you're really into that sport and they did represented it, represent it the wrong way. Definitely, I could see that. Unfortunately, I just don't know anything about competitive dancing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, the question. Yeah, I I would think there's a difference between like did they represent it too much in like the way the relationships were or like objectively does the scoring not work that way yeah that's what i was wondering too because it seemed like a lot of the sexism was represented as in well this is just how the system is like yeah but clearly we are both a little bit in the dark of yeah dance but i felt like i learned a lot mm. about it i like there's so many little touches of like we you know our main character has he's a very perceptive guy he's very observant and that wasn't just like a hand wavy thing. They like put a lot of little details to his like other life. Like he was a really good waiter because he was perceptive and observant. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of little moments like that where it's like I could see how this same with other characters where they were away in the dance and that kind of bled out to their outside life. Mm -hmm. And I thought that helped just add that extra layer of realism in uh and this delicious dancing sandwich. Um, also, I do want to say that the dance routines are awful. They're so, I, man. Yeah, but I don't care about dance. So uh, there you go. <laughs> true. Just... But I, I'm saying that, um, like I went into this, like I just said, I don't know. I only had a very basic understanding of what these dances looked like, but because the, during the dance routines, it focuses so much on their face. There's stills, the um, crowd doesn't really move much. And, or, you know, it's going into like people in the crowd and hearing like their comments, more, like taking all the focus away from the dancing. And like, I went in feeling like I only have a basic understanding of what these dances look like. And I went out of it like, I still don't know what these dances look like. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and that it's is kind of the same way sports, with anime. like soccer request where I was like, oh, I want to know more about the town. Like this, we got like, we didn't get like the sharp turns of the tango or like a lot of like, oh, how does the salsa compare to like the waltz? Like we've had it described to us, but you do realize you have a whole medium where you can play music and show visual images that will convey that image better than characters saying, this is a quick dance. <laughs> Why not show us that? It was a lot of tell on that show. Mm, and yeah. another thing is, 70% of the time, they weren't even playing the music that they yes. were dancing to. Mm -hmm. They were just playing generic soundtrack hype yeah. B part two. Like, there weren't very few times they had played the soundtrack and even showed any kind of routine. Yeah. And it felt weird because at the end, they were very heavy-handed with when these two different groups are dancing. They say, oh, this is the, the history, the classical way of dance. And these people are revolutionary and they're changing it and doing all these cool things which one which style is going to win out but they don't 
show any revolutionary dance. We just say, they keep on saying, oh, it's so different, so new, it's so oddball. Mm-hmm. But we get none of that. We None of that comes through to me. Like, you can tell me that because I don't know anything about dance, but show me at the same time. And I think we both are in the same page of, I'm not let down because I didn't come here for the dance. Mm-hmm. And I often say that the best sports sports show make you want to do the sport. Yeah. Eh, eh, I don't really need to dance. I'm okay. I got it. We're good here. But I mean, I guess I, I guess objectively I did dance with my family while we were watching. Oh, so sweet. I guess it counts for something. But uh, but only because they had they had taken like ballroom before. So they knew like the steps. Like I learned more five minutes with my family learning some steps than I did. Uh, watching the show for the most part. So it's weird because I liked everything about the show except for the sport itself proper being represented. But yeah. since I didn't mind that, I I guess it didn't hamper my enjoyment. Yeah. You ready to score? We do kind of yeah, have to move I along. So. We, yeah. Warning for people who are watching live, this is going to be a much longer episode than normal. <laughs> so we still have Sadu's online. Deal with it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I guess because I watched it so recently, I had lots to say. I've been waffling between a three and a half and a four on this. Mm. I think I'm going to go four. I think. Oh, man, this is a first. I think we're going to go the first four out of five, <laughs> boys. It's a real thing. We're doing it. Um, it was it was way beyond what I was expecting. And I was, I don't know, I enjoyed pretty much almost every moment of it. I think for me, I'd give it a 3.5. It wasn't near, anywhere near as bad as I was expecting. I was expecting to go in this and be like, just tearing it apart because of all of the bad feedback that I was hearing from it. And then I went into it. I was like, you know what? Maybe it's because I went in with such low expectations that I was like, yeah, it yeah. wasn't that bad at all. And yeah, then, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Maybe I was just like for that inevitable collapse. And it started yeah. to happen. I was like, oh, here we go. But it kind of pulled back with like a kind of good flashback it was a little too anime with the like the relationship between the two characters who used to be appearing but mm-hmm. i don't know it it, it made it through and mm-hmm. did good time yeah i think it for a sports anime it, it's not a great sports anime but i like the characters a lot and that's pretty much what kept me coming back to it yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. So that's all of our reviews for that. Now, we're going to just jump into a <laughs> trivia news break because we're going to go on long, guys. So why don't we yeah. uh, start off with that? So you have another chance to redeem yourself if you got that first question wrong. And this one goes, in the anime Sarazan Mai, the Otter Cops, Mabu and Reo, are voiced by two very well-known seiyu. Who are these voice actors? I, I don't know if I could get this one. I, I'm not oh, yeah? but I know you got it. I know you got it. Because I so wrote it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spoil. Well, you would have gotten it regardless. So, listener, please prove you're better than me and smarter and a better voice. So please stick around, and we'll give you the answer After in just break. a few. anime addicts welcome to your second anime news break so while looking through the news this week i realized that we are getting an awful lot of live action anime and manga adaptations so why don't we dive in and see what we have coming up 
The very first one, speaking of diving, is Grand Blue Dreaming. Kodansha announced on Wednesday that Kenji Inoue in Kimitaka Yoshiaka's Grand Blue Dreaming comedy manga is inspiring a live-action film that will open in Japan in early summer of 2020. Sutomu Hanabusa, who previously worked on the live-action 3D Kanojo Real Girl, the live-action of Kakegurui, and the live-action of Asahinagu, is directing the film with the production company The Fool, and Warner Brothers Japan is distributing it. So for those who are not aware of Grand Blue Dreaming or haven't heard of it, it's a comedy manga about quote-unquote diving, but really it's about uh, naked booze-fueled shenanigans of college students. It's very silly, and I'm very curious to see what this is like in live action. Up next, we have the live-action Wotokoi Love is Hard for Otaku, and it released its first teaser trailer. The trailer reveals and previews the musical numbers by Evangelion and Shin Godzilla composer Shiro Sagisu. The trailer also reveals that Yumi Wakatsuki will play the serious Fujoshi character who cosplays as a game character and Mio Imada will play the stylish colleague of Narumi. The manga story centers around the awkward romantic comedy between Narumi, a female office worker who hides her Fujoshi lifestyle, and Hirotaka, a handsome and capable company man who is secretly a game otaku. The film will open on February 7th of 2020. Yuichi Fukuda uh, is directing the film, who previously worked on the live action of Gintama. After that, we have Akiko Higashimura's Himawari Kenichi Legend Office Comedy Manga, and that's getting a live-action show next spring. The television series will celebrate the 50th anniversary of Miyazaki TV, because the original manga story is set in Higashimura's native Miyazaki Prefecture. The manga centers on the office antics of Akiko and her father Kenichi, collectively called the Two Kenichis, who both work for the same telephone company in southern Kyushu. Higashimura's Princess Jellyfish and Tokyo Tarareba Girls have also both previously inspired live-action adaptations. So this is one that I'm definitely looking forward to because I love Princess Jellyfish and Tokyo Tarareba Girls, so I'm definitely going to check this one out. And Finally, the live-action St. Young Men series is getting a third season on January 11th and January 18th. The new season will air five episodes on each day. In addition, the second half of the show's second season will air on January 25th. That's because the season's second half was originally scheduled to air on October 12th, but was delayed due to the typhoon. This comedy manga, for those who are not uh, um, uh, like familiar with St. Young Men, it imagines if Buddha and Jesus shared a low-rent Tokyo apartment together. It's a charming manga, and I'm very curious to see the live action. I have not watched them myself, but I would love to try them out. So thank you for coming to this second anime news break. We have a lot of live actions to look forward to. Hopefully we'll get some good ones, but who knows? We'll, we'll see when they come out. So let's get back to the show. After a tough day at work, 
I just want to veg out on the internet. I wonder what kind of weird hentai goods JList.com has on sale. Kazuo, what are you looking at? Oh, uh, well, this is embarrassing. It was JList.com. What was that? Uh, go back to it. Oh, that was an anime boob mouse pad. <laughs> really? Has it come to that, Kazuo? Hell no, man. I'm keeping it real. But JList keeps it real, too. Real perverted. They've got hyper-realistic boob mouse pads, sexy pillows, naughty calendars and anime figures, and an array of Tenga products. Did somebody say Tenga? Good God. Where did you come from? That's right, my bald, mid-30-something anime grumpy pants man. Damn, I love Tenga. Has it come to that, Mitz? Hell no, Enzo. I just love to feel the embrace of a Tenga egg when I stretch it over... Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, now. Over my bald head? I think that's even weirder. Head over to JList.com and get yourself set up with some of the finest Japanese adult products. Hey, Steve Bloom here, voice of Spike Spiegel, Vincent Valentine. Liron from Gurren Lagan, Gyoman from Digimon, and a bunch of other crap. And I am a total anime addict, dude. <laughs> Tune in, or else. Before we went on break, we had an in-show trivia question. And that question was, in the anime Sarazan Mai, which we were about to do a review on, the otter cops Mabu and Ryo are voiced by two very well-known seiyu. Who are their voice actors? And the answer is Mamoru Miyano and Hosoyo Yoshimasa. And the two are also working together on another currently airing anime, Chihaya Furu where Momoto is playing Taichi, and Hosoya is playing Arata. What an interesting pair. <laughs> what a wild duo. Yeah. I assume I assume you have their their song as your like alarm clock every morning. Um, as like my alarm? I wish. <laughs> so I was planning on trying to find mini cop hats to put on oh my, my on my ferrets so I could have them for this review. I couldn't find mini cop hats. I'm so oh sorry. My. That's okay. We, uh... We applaud the effort. Mm. As long as the we thought. can get them. The thought, <laughs> is what it. <laughs> the thought is what matters. Because we all know it'd be so impractical to actually get them like, situated. Yeah, you saw him running around earlier during He's, hobby he's moving today. He cannot be contained. No, he was all over the place. He was chasing the cat. He was in the water bowl. He was on my sofa. He was all over the place. He's running around, but he's also giving us our five star reviews. Yeah, so we should do that. Is he? My parents could write five star reviews. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, why don't we go ahead and do our five star review? I'm looking for the drop. There we go. Do-do, do-do. It's time for iTunes review. 
All right. Heck yes. So this is called My Fave, and it's sung by Kane Kiken 26 And they write, thanks for my addiction worse. Thanks for my, my addiction my worse. <laughs> I think he's making You know, life. sometimes I can't tell if I have a stroke or if it's the person typing, but I, uh, yeah, thanks for my, my addiction worse. You guys are my favorite anime podcast. Keep up the good work. I think, that well, might, thank I think you. they meant making. <laughs> yeah, probably. This, You know what? At the end of the day, if you're like, oh, they misspelled something because they were probably on their phone or something. Oh, you're cutting out. I want to... S- I want to see okay, you yeah. do a review. I want you do one because we will thank you nonetheless because they're all equal in my eyes. So thank you very much. Mm. And yes, uh, thank you very much. Yeah. Hopefully uh, this episode of giving you like five reviews will make one of these shows seem appealing. And then <laughs> you'll certainly have a worse anime addiction. I I will say, you know, I watched I watched uh, Ballroom last night with the family. We were talking. I was asking, oh, what are your scores about it? What, what do you guys think? And, uh, you know, my dad was like, oh, I just I haven't seen enough anime to uh, to like score stuff. Like, how, how many have you seen? Like, how many 10 out of 10s have you given Mason? He says, Mason, my son. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, you know, I probably like one percent of shows I've seen. I'll give a 10 out of 10 to. Uh, and it's like, well, how many have you given a 10? T- I was like, oh, I've given seven. And. There was definitely a moment of uh, concern, of despair on his face. When what? He's like, how oh, did I raise this son to be uh, such an elitist? That means that he's seen like 700 shows. That's not. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. So, yeah. So, yeah. Make your addiction, anime addiction worse, but do it responsibly, please. <laughs> don't uh, don't disappoint people <laughs> otherwise. But besides that, let's uh, let's get into this. Yeah, so today we were doing a review on Sarazan Mai. This was one of Enzo's shows, but he could not come here, unfortunately. We miss him very much. But um, Sarazan Mai is by the one and only Ikuhara, who is very well known in the anime community for a lot of really bizarre anime, such as Revolutionary Girl Utsuna, uh, Mawaru Penguin Drum, there was the, uh, what was the lesbian bear one? Arashi, uh, or Kuma. Yeah. Kuma Arashi. I actually haven't seen that one. I should watch that one, though. But, yeah, so this was one of his newer ones, and it was adapted by Studio Mappa. And so Sarazan Mai is about, on the very basic, very um, surface level, it's about three young boys who come across a kappa named Kepi, and after confusing it with a frog, Kepi trans- <laughs> Common mistake. Common mistake. <laughs> Kepi transforms them into kappa and tells them that their world is being attacked by these monsters, and the only way to defeat them is to tear out their Shido Kudama, which is... Um, if, their desire. Yes. If you're not aware of yokai lore, he's not. I was going to say, Yukahara is pulling this out of his ass. Yukahara <laughs> 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 is not pulling this out of his ass. It's actually part of yokai lore. That's. How appropriate. Literally, right? yeah. Maybe he yeah. is. He's pulling everything out of everyone's ass. Listen, he's got a thing for butts and he's letting us know. <laughs> Anyways, but by doing so. <laughs> but. But. Oh, man, this is going to be this whole review, isn't it? I'm sorry. We're really <laughs> falling behind the ball on this one. <laughs> a- 
anyways, by doing so, they can collect dishes, and with enough dishes, it, they can use them to grant one of their wishes. And so that's the very, very basic service level plot in like any Ikuhara show. There is so much more going on. And Ikuhara likes to use a lot of visual metaphors and these bizarre circumstances uh, to criticize some part or uh, aspect of society. And mm -hmm. with this one, he is using the folklore of these yokai legends to communicate his views and message. So uh, why don't we go ahead and go into expectations? Take it away. Yeah, take it away, me. Uh, so obviously there's a couple people in like the anime sphere who really deserve the term like the one and only that Mandy mentioned and uh Ikuhara is one of them he's one of those people where you can't like not have an opinion mm -hmm. on his stuff like he's very much a love it or hate it kind of guy I mean I'm a love it I'm a love it person <laughs> I am a mostly love it I think the first I saw of his was Penguin Drum and I absolutely adore that I think that's phenomenally done uh went back and watched Utena I think it's not quite my aesthetic, but it's very fitting of the lore, especially back when it was done. Mm -hmm. It definitely pushed. Like, it's very experimental. And I always have a soft spot for people who take risk. Mm -hmm. And Sarazanmai only doesn't feel like a risk because it's him. But if it was anyone else, it would be like, what is going on? Um, I also have not seen uh, Yurikuma Rashi. Mm -hmm. Um but so all I was expecting is I'm going to see bombastic visuals. I'm going to get songs stuck in my head because they're going to sing the same song and dance over multiple <laughs> episodes. <laughs> I still oh have the Utsuno one stuck in my head because every it's, it's damn so episode. Good. <laughs> it's it's weird because it's like a perverse like pop thing because like pop gets into your head because mm -hmm. it repeats and it's just like. The repetition is what makes it good. And usually I'm very like, oh, the second you start repeating things and elements, I'm just very against it. But the way he just continually twists things and like yeah. distorts them and modifies them just enough to be like, we're marching towards something. It's good. And that's really all I wanted out of the show. I want to I I I point out that. real quick that Mason just said, Mason just said, I'm not one for repeating stuff, but he really liked Haruhi. <laughs> okay. I, I think I've said this on the show before. Endless 8 is you, great. You are su Everyone, very supportive of that. <laughs> everybody should watch the Endless 8 once because it's very similar. It's, well, okay, that's that's not true. One is like a minute long. The other is like 24 minutes long. And perverses it, and it's great. And it's definitely worth watching. I, I, Endless 8, Haruhi, I'm just giving so you shit. Good. I'm sorry. As you should. As you should. <laughs> I, I've gone unchecked for too long. <laughs> But uh, so that's just what I was going into Star Wars on my with. I just wanted more of that, and I got more of that. Basically, yeah, the same. I my expectations going in were Ikuhara <laughs> about it. <laughs> do the thing. I knew there no, was some butt stuff, so I was excited to see what happened. <laughs> I mean, it's like watching a Shaft show yeah. with uh, Shinbo, and it's like, ah, oh, I'm gonna get some rapid fire texts and head tilts. Uh, I'm watching a Yuasa thing. I'm going to expect people uh, reaching their hand out towards the light. Like, there's certain staples that are, like, I expect, and they deliver them, and I say, yes, that's exactly what I want. I feel content. And, yeah, that's... So, if you don't like Ikuhara, 
you can stop listening now, most likely, because this isn't going to change your mind on them. Yeah, so let's go ahead and jump into our spoiler fee recommendations. Um, I don't know. I have. So when we went to review this, I went to my anime list and I'm like, hmm, what did I what did I rate it? And I looked at my score and it said, uh, select your score. Cause I've just been ruminating on the show still. Like I just, I, I was, I wasn't, I didn't watch it and say, Oh, that's, that's great. That's a uh, such and such, or that was such a disappointment. Like it's just every day. I feel like I have a slightly different, like feeling about where it lied in different episodes. And I just, if you want something different, if you want something more experimental, if you want something that has a message that is strong, but kind of hidden belief layers of yokai lore and comedy and just extravagance, uh, give it a shot. I, I'd say, I mean, very quickly, you'll find out if this show is for you or not. It's mostly episodic, but there's enough of an overarching story that it doesn't feel like you're not progressing. Uh, give it a shot. I don't know. You, you, you know if you'll like the show or not. Yeah. If you like Ikuhara, for sure, check it out. Um, if you're not... If you do, if you need your stories to be very direct, like you need a very straightforward story, this might not be for you because there is the very surface level one, and I think you can enjoy it based on that. But there is a lot more underneath the surface where you have to peel back the layers and like look at all of the visual metaphors and yeah, try to figure out, definitely. okay, what is Ikuhara trying to say? <laughs> so there is like all Ikuhara series. Um, a political message here or like a criticism, something that he's trying to inject his views on um, some part of society into his anime using this very bizarre story to tell, to say, to spread that message. And um, I really enjoyed it, but I know it's not going to be for everybody. It's exactly definitely exactly. going to be like, are you okay with this? If you're just like, if you really love shonen shows and you just need action and you need like a very straightforward story, this isn't going to be for you. <laughs> if no, you like it, something, it has. Sorry, this is the uh, the ginger of of uh, the, the 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 sushi trade. This is yeah. very much a flavor of its own. Yeah, it's very refreshing. It's very cleansing. Not good. It's not a whole meal in itself, but it has that thing. And if you don't like it, it's just don't bother with it. Yeah. Um, I do want to mention also, like, for impressions, uh, there was a bunch of PVs that originally came out with, like, these animated mm, characters yeah. over, mm -hmm. like, realistic shots. And uh, Kazu and I were like, oh, my goodness, is this what the show's going to look like? We were getting really amped about it. And unfortunately, it's mainly just for flex scenes in the ED. Uh, so I was, like, really hyped for it. To be, like, in real least. world. <laughs> yeah, like, a weird, like, mixed media kind of thing. But overall, the visuals were pretty darn good, even though they weren't quite what I was expecting out of the PV. But anyway, that's it. I think we can move on to spoilers. Yeah, let's go ahead and go into our spoilers. So I'm going to play the spoiler drop. You have until the end of it to get out and go watch the show and come back and listen to this later. <laughs> there we go. All right. Let's go ahead and jump on in. So there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah, <laughs> Literally yeah. from Amazon. <laughs> Capazon. From uh, Capazon, Capazon, whatever yeah. it was. So The floating boxes. Yeah, I had a decent amount of notes on it because I was like, man, the, these are thoughts I've had for a while. 
because <laughs> I watched this uh-huh. when it was airing. So I was like, man, there is so much that I want to touch on that things that I noticed. And I'm curious if anyone else noticed them because I was expecting us to have all of us here for this review. Yeah. But I just have you. So the, 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 the carrying the, I'm sworn to carry your burden. I'm very happy you're here, though. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. So, um. Yeah, for here, I noticed two different kind of messages being on display. One is that it's okay to have desires and the importance of communication, while also criticizing how media uses and fetishizes sexual minorities to sell products. And also a little bit of like the dangers of materialism to like make yourself happy in like replacing the need to form bonds with others, hence the Kapazon shit in there. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, um, yeah, I feel like overall, a lot of the, you know, essentially it's very episodic in the sense that there's very much issues that the characters are dealing with in each episode and they kind of go on to the next one and have a different issue. The amount of like stuff and issues that they present, deal with and like move on from in each one of these episodes could have been the theme of an entire show mm-hmm. across like a, a full core season. Like they very much quickly get to the heart of matters, how it affects all the parties involved and how they move or don't move on from those things. Mm-hmm. And it's very rapid fire with all these things that just continually pile on top of the characters and kind of because they're coming so rapid fire, they weigh down on you as well. So by the time the series ends, you're feeling all of these like stew, this yeah. jungle juice of emotions that have been poured into each of these characters that are just like waiting to burst. And it's 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 such a I don't know, it's not so deep in that these themes are you know, fully fleshed out and explored, but more deep in that there's just so much happening at once that you can consider if you want to get into these characters' minds that it just it feels heavy hmm. in in the themes it's trying to talk about. Um, so my favorite characters in this were the cops, Mabu and Ryo. I thought I really liked the okay. um, like the themes behind them because I think a lot of the uh, some of the themes are driven home by them. They're they're quote unquote like villains. That's yeah. how it portrays them at the beginning. But the or they are the otter police and. <laughs> I love saying that because I love all the I'm otter not puns not too. Laugh at that. All the otter puns are great. Utterly yeah. disappointing. Come on, ten out of ten anime. Ten out of ten. I love it. <laughs> so the otter police um, shoot their victims a- after asking them, "Is it love or desire that they have?" And they transform them into these giant monsters. And their victims are all different types of people who have trouble connecting with others and so they get transformed to monsters and when you do get to see a glimpse inside their hearts um when our trio uh confronts them we see each victim has some kind of like harmless fetish but the otters twist and transform that desire into something very monstrous and to be seen as wrong and um over the course of the show Mm -hmm. we do find out that mabu and rio were definitely lovers and the Otter Empire does what it can to silence that love. And um, when Mabu dies during heavy spoilers here, 
yeah. mob who dies and is brought back as an emotionless puppet oh emotionless puppets we learn that the condition to coming back was to remain silent and in the end they just become cops that are continuing on that status quo and yeah. they kind of become their own enemies and the scene which was my favorite scene probably i think out of all the enemy anime community i see a lot of people talk about the scene that really shines a light on just what sato zamai is trying to say is when mabu finally tells Ryo that he loves him his mechanical heart stops beating and but for their honesty, they're turned into wedding bands, free from the system that is oppressing them. And I think, in general, it's a very critical look at the yaoi genre, because we, um, I've been very vocal in the past about some yaoi um, shows that I hated, because they center around very highly abusive relationships. They're very ambiguous. <laughs> they don't like I. Yeah. There are a lot that I hate. There are some that I like, but there are a lot that I hate because they're not romance shows. They're more of just. It's, it's it's very much look at this yaoi show we made, and you're like, what about that issue and that issue and all yeah, these things? It's and they more just of a, kick them under the rug. You're like, yeah. but the yaoi. Show, it's like, no, they're <laughs> you're missing the whole the rest of it. Yeah, there's they're mostly fetish catered towards the female audience. Um, and many of these shows, and like I was saying, end with very ambiguous relationships where, oh, now they're just friends still. They never like, they're never like, no, we're actually in a loving relationship. And we see that here with the otters that are being used as part of the status quo to carry that on, carry that opinion on. And that desire isn't like being considered normal by society standards and it's being considered mm -hmm. monstrous and so they're silenced and not allowed to express their love for one another and when they finally do mabu dies and the otter empire has deemed them unworthy of existing and it's like a very i don't know i really liked how ikuhara it, like it's not even like the main central theme but i really like their entire story and what ikuhara is trying to say with that at least that was my take on it i mean i would say their story very much for the first half of the series is very baseline and very, I would say, pandering to that kind of, oh, hot guys and cop, os, cop, cop Voiced by Momoto Miyato, hold on. <laughs> yeah, like, we're checking all your, yeah, people, guys, we know what you want. Look at these hot boys. Oh, my goodness, they're doing the thing you girls like. But <laughs> it definitely takes a while for it to dig into what you're talking about. Because like you say, it does present that, like, baseline, like most other shows do. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh, well, these are just kind of side antagonist characters. But then the second, like, falls off the cliff and gets deep into the issues and their situation, mm -hmm. like, it kind of lies in waiting for a while. Like, it very much just is focusing on the three younger main characters yes. and kind of their issues. Yeah. And kind of it's just lying in the wait. And then, I don't know. So it's like they could have, they don't feel like main characters until they need to be. Mm-hmm. So I, no, I I agree with pretty much all your points. I think I don't I don't disagree that it was a take on the genre and kind of what how how much there is wrong with the genre and just in general the Japanese mm -hmm. system of uh, suppress uh, it's nothing everything is a lie everyone's normal all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. because that's not the a work it's like just people are the way they are and you don't try to uh, not that they're all know, bad there are know. some great ones out there but <laughs> yeah no exactly and not yeah there not definitely too. is a problem though with like 
some especially older ones <laughs> yeah yeah but um yeah as for the other three what it starts you know our three main protagonists they have their own issues as well with communication issues and i think that's the other side of like what ikuhara is trying to say with this is that um how important it is to communicate with each other and create those bonds connect with people because like toei i think his name is toei i haven't watched this i didn't get time to refresh myself because i spent my whole week watching welcome to the ballroom and finishing judy tyson toei is the uh the like gangster yes. Yes. younger brother mm-hmm. yeah the the darker dude yeah. yeah involved with a lot of crime because of his brother enta mm-hmm. is in love with kazuki and he's scared to tell him because he doesn't want um kazuki to end up hating him and kazuki is haunted by the guilt of his brother's accident and each of them are unable to properly communicate with each other and refuse to do so until the story forces them to in the kappa form they're forced to connect with each other and share that information and um, well, they're forced to like share like what they're hiding yeah mm-hmm. and like like you know these like feelings you've been trying to suppress and yeah. trying to hide and trying to quell like you they they kind of are forced to share that with one another and then kind of go through the ramifications of that yeah and i mean every every episode title is I want to connect, mm-hmm. but and then but that, the that, reason that. why, but yeah, but that, that. Actually, we haven't touched best, on the butt stuff at all. <laughs> we will talk about the butt stuff, okay. but the best pun of this entire show is episode four. Um, I think the the person that they're like dealing with like ran like a soba shop or something, mm-hmm. and the so the titles of the show all come at the very end. So you watch the entire show. It says. Um, the show, the show ends, it comes in with this like really cool distortion for the ending song and like snaps you awake and it says like, then it gives you the title and says, I want to connect, but dot, dot, dot. And it's great and it's super cool. And the end of the Soba episode, uh, the title is, I want to connect, but you're so far away. And the way you say uh, so far away in Japanese is essentially saying, but you are not close. And the way you say close in Japanese is soba. So it's oh. like, I want to connect soba, you know, knee and That's eye. So like they managed to fit in soba, like within the title of the soba Aww. episode. And I was like, oh, that was really well done. I'm a big fan. <laughs> so uh, um, yeah, speaking- sorry. I, I just had to go on that tangent. No, I like it. I, enjoy it. Thank you. I also jumped in directly into what I wanted to talk about as soon as we started. I was like, I've had this all like on my chest. I want to get it off. Yeah. Well, I was going to say like, we have these main characters and otters. Otters, otters, the best. <laughs> exactly. Otter dancing. But um, oh, they, yeah, their, their otter dance. So smooth. Yeah. So fancy. Yeah. I, I liked how every episode is this, like we said, like Ikuhat is the same um, song. But it does change in some way. And I thought it was, I always like trying to compare and see which one, what, what changed in this one? <laughs> both, both like lyrically, uh, like sometimes the pitches change. Mm-hmm. Uh, visually, there's lots of adjustments. Yeah. A lot of, you know, these two guys used to be singing. Now they're singing the same song, but one of the guys like maybe is injured. So he's just not there in the song and the song just feels empty. And it's, it just has like a harrowing effect because they build up your, repetition you get used to the pattern so when they break it it's that much more impactful yeah so um speaking of butt stuff i thought 
one note that I thought was really funny is that Ikuhara said in an interview that when he announced the idea to his team, he was wholeheartedly expecting them to deny it. And he had a backup plan ready. And they were like, no, it's cool. He was like, you guys are okay with this? Really? <laughs> he was not expecting when, it to go through. <laughs> when we were saying that fr little frog people reach into dudes' butts and pull out beads of and stand above yeah, it's butt their, cheeks, um, gloriously holding up the ball of desire with a triumphant gleam shining down on them and the crack that lays beneath. Uh, I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> like this, this isn't me saying, oh, you get like the the illusion or the uh, the word that means that they're not actually showing it. But, you, you know, it actually is being shown. You actually see it all. And it is interesting. And it's very in line with how Kappa's actually like pull out the ball of energy that is your soul yeah. and the lore of Japanese, you know, tales. So it's a... Uh, Ikuhara <laughs> isn't pulling it out of his ass. Yeah, exactly. He's just pulling it exactly. out of other people's ass. <laughs> yeah, um, for those who might not be aware, um, the Shiri Kodama is actually part of yokai lore. So um, I don't know. It's interesting that he chose that because a lot of times we, we've seen loads of anime with yokai and they always conveniently ignore that part of the kappa, like folklore yeah. they all kind of gloss over at least from what i've seen i'm sure there are other ones out there that have touched on it especially hentai <laughs> but for the most part they kind of ignore that he's like no nah, i'm throwing everything in there <laughs> but um yeah what else um about the main characters do you like um, I like their designs. I like their looks. I like, they usually try to have good intent. Like none of the characters yeah. were like aggravating to watch. They were just kind of like, uh, connect. Like the whole point of the show was we we're suffering with them and their inability to reveal their secrets. Mm -hmm. I thought the whole like soccer backstory was kind of wishy-washy. I could have done without it essentially mm -hmm. just saying there's, you know, these aren't just random main characters. They knew each other from this dream to all be on the same soccer team. Yeah. And there was kind of a thing with that that I thought wasn't the strongest. It didn't affect the messages of the show, but it seemed like a a needless layer that kind of just existed. I, I wasn't like invested in that plot. Um, I like... I mean, you also had a little take on like idol culture with like mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. that whole thing and like the... The illusion of communication between the people you look up to, the people you watch, yeah. the people you digest <laughs> versus what you're actually getting. Like every time you're actually communicating with them, it's just kind of a hollow or fake experience. And it's just, I don't know, there's so many little things that turned out better and so many things that I was just like, eh, I could have gone without it, but it didn't subtract from anything. Yeah. Um, uh, how did you feel about the animation overall? Because I thought it had some really nice parts. There was a lot of scenes with... Um, like little tiny details that I felt like they didn't have to do. Like there was one moment where somebody slams a sliding door screen and it bounces back. How many anime yeah, would have just, just had that, that like end lock in? Yeah, yeah, not have that recoil. So there were a lot of moments um, where I was like, that was really like good. I really like the poppy brightness of it. I don't think there was any moments where I'm like, wow, the animation like tanked there or like didn't properly convey something. Um, there was no 
like all like the most impressive like sakuga scenes there wasn't a ton and they were usually like the reused parts which is very like typical for his stuff so i thought it was fine it definitely was better than it needed to be um and definitely never lagged or took away from stuff so i liked the look of the show and there was a lot of cg but it was well done yeah Mm -hmm. yeah uh yeah the boxes were good a lot of the environments were cg Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember if the plates were CG, but I think it was mainly just like the background stuff in a lot of the yeah a lot of the background 3D were. sequences or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think I thought overall I really liked how it looked. Which how did you feel about the music? I mean, I like the um, like the transformation sequences and their songs. I liked them a lot. The songs were great. <laughs> I I honestly thought that the main stuff was pretty forgettable. Yeah. Like the background stuff i've i don't remember if i even checked out the soundtrack but it was very much good ending song good transition songs yeah at least fitting with the characters but the actual like core soundtrack was kind of yeah same Mm -hmm. whatever um like the overall presentation the production was very strong i think this is mm, i'm trying to i'd compare it very much the same look as penguin drum yeah Mm -hmm. it was very round it was very bouncy it was very bubbly Mm -hmm. And it captured the energy well, so I'll give it points for that. Yeah. But it didn't have penguins, so... Uh, no penguins, but you got butt balls. No penguins. I did get butt balls you got and otters. butt frogs. Otters are so much better than penguins. That's... You no, can't do I'm any sorry. puns with penguins, but you can do loads <laughs> of them with otters. Like in our chat where... Um, I gotta move this. Swites... I can't say your name, I'm sorry, but they said significant otters... Ah, ah, classic. You know, that's all they have going for them. (laughs) They're just big ferrets. I know where your heart lies. Yes. (laughs) Um, I feel like Mappa, Mappa, which is a studio who did this, has been like killing it lately. Mm -hmm. They've been just churning out solid works that have been pretty consistent as far as their quality. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like. It's been a while since I've seen it, and... Same. I don't know. I, like, I feel like I didn't, at the end of the day, though, pull out as deep of a meaning. It didn't make me reflect on myself as much as some of his other works. Not um, myself, but it did make me reflect a lot on how media is portraying different... like. That's, that's very true. I, I like that part a lot. Um, I think... The three main characters, I didn't like them nearly as much as Babu and Ryo, but I don't know. I still yeah. enjoyed it, though. I mean, they're kids, and yeah. they, they've got, like, their intentions are usually good enough to justify it. I think it's weird, because I feel like this is a less confusing story than Penguin Drum and Utena. Hmm. But I feel like there's less of a story to be told like it's very much like the medium is the message the the point is ikuhara has these opinions to express more than this is a story about three boys who go through a tumultuous time it's a story of a country going through a tumultuous time and ikuhara representing that through the kids like i feel like there's a disconnect between the plot and what a disconnect the end point is yeah it, it couldn't connect. It wanted to connect, it but couldn't. couldn't connect. I couldn't connect, but uh, well, how do I write a finale? 
I don't know. I. It's one of those things where I remember it fondly, but there's a lot of points that aren't memorable. Mm. And I like the thoughts. I like the depth of it. I think it had more than. I don't know. Like it's it's very easy to say like oh a show's deep. You got to think to understand it, but then having the depth of that show actually be worth thinking about. A lot of shows are just deep, but they don't have any richness to it. And this one did, but something about it just very similar. I would say to Soccer Request, where I watched it and I'm like, this is good. This is what I wanted, but it just didn't live up to a previous work that I was more encaptured with. Mm. And that's kind of, I guess, sort of what leads into a score of, okay. I, I, I don't know. Do you want to go first? No, you can go ahead. I think we're ready. Oh, no. I'm, I don't know what I want to score it. <laughs> I'm still flip-flopping. You want me to go um, ahead? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Inspire me. I, I mean, I'll try. I don't really have much else to say that I haven't already said. I enjoyed my time with it. Um, I watched it every week. And there are some cliffhangers in there that was like, what? <laughs> and I was really excited for the next episode. Um, I loved Mabu and Rio, but it does take a while to get to their story. And before that, um, I did like the three, but for me, it didn't really kick off until towards the end where Mabu and Rio's, um, like, we get all that backstory of where they came from. And I liked Kepi. I like a bunch of the weird shit he does in the background, like with pole dancing and... <laughs> He was like a comedic um, relief, and I liked I liked all the weird shit that he was doing during very tense moments in the background. And yeah, the jokes were the jokes were very adult. Yes, a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also uh, big fat grouchy cat stealing weed is really funny. Uh, Garfield, Garfield in the flesh. Garfield ate all kinds of weed and took off. <laughs> Um, yeah, a bunch of it was very adult. I really enjoyed it. I liked using the weird yokai lore to kind of portray this message. And I thought the animation was really good. Um, and I thought the character designs were nice. And I don't remember a lot of the music outside of the dance, you know, like singing, um, kind of like the uh, transformation sequences like you have like for Utsuna. Um, outside of that, I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I think for me, I would... I enjoyed my time with it so much that I'd probably give it four grouchy cats out of five. Okay. Um, four grumpy cats. Four grumpy cats. Grouchy cats. I I don't know. I Like you said, I think the ending got a while to get there. I think this was better a week-to-week -week watch where you had that moment of, like... Oh, like what's going to happen next? But it gave you a week to kind of ruminate on what you had just seen and wh what do you think is going to go forward. But the next episode was never quite going the path I wanted. I think some of the backstories were just not quite as fleshed out. I think the moment that I was really like, oh, grown was when they get the dish that grants the wish and then they break it. And I was like, through fighting, <laughs> through fighting. And then they. Every plate they get after that is, oh, this only counts for like a tenth or a fifth of a plate or something. And there's like bickering between them. And obviously the point of that is you're not going to solve your problems with By magical wishing wishes. wishing or buying it off Amazon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like satisfaction doesn't come that cheaply or that easily. And while I like that message, I just, I don't know if I would recommend this 
to fans like outside of Ikuhara who like to go into this. I I wanted to like it more than I did and at the end I was kind of let down. I can't really put my finger on what I didn't sit well with it. Um so I'm going to give it three silver plates out of five. Cause I don't know. I think maybe if I rewatched it, it could go up, but I'm just uh trying to connect to it and I'm just failing. You wanna connect, but you can't. I wanna connect, but something <laughs> You just I don't, need someone to have, pull out uh, your butt jewel. <laughs> I don't have Capazon Prime. Yeah, so I, I don't have Capazon <laughs> Prime. Exactly, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, um, let's see, where are we at for time? So, uh, wow, <laughs> yeah, we're a little bit over. Um, but to run through okay. listener score That's real okay. quick, uh, 28.6 we on uh, 28.6% of the votes were five, 28.6% were four, and also again, 28.6% was a three, and then 14.3% was a two. So, at the average is 3.7. Normally, we round up, so it round up to a four. Yep. Um, comments very quickly. Uh, Bad said anime of the year for me. We didn't have many comments, so we can run through these very quickly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Nuclear Burger said overall it was an entertaining show that was different. I love the dance sequences, music, and the villain. The aesthetic was refreshing, but I never connected with the show. Oh my goodness! I like that's 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 me. Why Are you didn't Mason? I just have him? Mason Nuclear why, Burger? Did, why, why didn't you just do the review for me? That would have been way less obnoxious. We had another comment, but it was anonymous. No one said um, what their name was, but they said. I didn't expect to get so much feels from this anime, and the OP and ending were so good. Yes, so, they were. Um, thank you very much for, uh, you know, sending in those. The listener scores All of do this. help. <laughs> um, we are yes, they do. Skipping over mailbags today because we are very long. I was expecting it with That's all okay. the reviews we had to do. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you thank you for coming, and Mitsuki should be back next week to run things. Hopefully, I did for the big five zero zero. Yes, guys, we have surprises. It, so stuff will happen. Yeah. I hope, and we will find out. <laughs> hopefully, I we did might, we, an okay job. Yeah, no, Mandy did a great job. If anything went wrong, uh, blame somebody else because <laughs> we tried our best, and that counts. <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, so- yeah. Why don't you uh, head us out? Uh, don't forget, people. Give us those five-star iTunes reviews. Join us on Discord. Join us at aapodcast.com where you can get all the juicy extra content. I think what we're about to record will be quite another review that is one for the ages. And let us know if you like this like multi-blitzkrieg of reviews because it was kind of fun to clean up all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... Please, Discord, join us there. It's a grand old time. iTunes, I said that. Facebook, you know where that is at. Um, Everyone who joined us live on Twitch, thank you for dealing with it. And thanks for sticking around this whole time. Yeah. Um, Any personal shout-outs? Where can people find you? Nope, you can find me on Twitter at at AAA underscore Mandy with an I. And uh, thank you for coming. We'll see you all next week. Yes, indeed. Bye, guys. People. Have a good one. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Yeah. See you next time.